morning and you know, welcome to Los Fumar Takes. This is our 248th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a fantastic slew of guests, an entire panel of perfection. Well, at least that's what they're seeking. We're going to find uh, some of the best opinions I have to say about the cigar industry, where their story came from, where it's going, where it's at, everything in between. It is going to be an awesome, awesome night. I've been looking forward to this take for quite some time, and I'm so excited to have all these gentlemen uh, join us tonight. But before we get to formal introductions of the guests of honor, we have to thank the people that make this show possible. That, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate has partnered up with the Deadwood Tobacco Company once again for the girl with no name. The Robusta Extra comes to famous smoke shop. An entirely new Deadwood uh, cigar, the girl with no name, it's 5x54 expression, is now available exclusively at Famous Smoke Shop. The new, the regular lineup of Deadwood Tobacco Company by Drew Estate includes Fat Bottom Betty, Sweet Jane, Crazy Alice, and Leather Rose, but Deadwood, the girl with no name, Robusto Extra, is part of Drew Estate's lineup of limited edition cigars that the company makes exclusively for particular retail cigar shops. There's something very strange about Deadwood's The Girl With No Dame, explains Vaughn Boyd, the founder of Deadwood Tobacco Company, who partnered with Drew Estate initially to interpret the notorious Deadwood lady's sultry tales through the world of cigars. She is a yummy vixen who appeared out of nowhere to join her Deadwood sisters and is now on the run. Only a posse of the boldest and most daring desperados have a chance to rope her in. So check out Famous Smoke Shop for The Girl With No Name from Drew Estate and their partnership with Deadwood, Deadwood Tobacco Company. And welcome, everyone. Without further ado, let's welcome tonight's guest, sponsored by United Cigars. Smoke once a day and start living. United Misters, Aaron Loomis, June Luce, Seth Geis, and John McTavish from Developing Palettes. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Fantastic. Doing well. Thank you for the introduction. That was a, that was well, a high man. energy, high energy introduction. Well, I, I have, I've got some coffee that I'm wrapping up. And um, so I had to, I had to use it. I had to use it all. That's a funny way to say bourbon. <laughs> there might be some of that in here as well, but we'll figure it out. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me uh, tonight. I really, really appreciate this. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Um, but I mean, let's get started. I wanted to, I wanted to do something. I, I approached Aaron earlier this week. I wanted to make sure it was even possible. Uh, and, um, and uh, he probably was like, yeah, Barrett, probably the, the easiest ask he's ever had on an interview. So, uh, I'm actually going to smoke a cigar tonight, a uh, cigar that I've never smoked and I'm going to run it through the developing palette scale and we'll come up with what my score will be using, uh, using the infamous developing palette scale. So love um, it. really excited. So, um, um, so I, as tradition goes, I always ask my guests, uh, what I'll be smoking tonight. Um, and everyone except for June has been on this show before. So June, thank you so much for, for coming onto the show. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, um, thanks for having me. And, uh, as a first time guest, I'm going to let you decide what I'm going to be smoking tonight. So I've got some choices for you. Um, okay. Marijuana. I have got, uh, <laughs> a Macanudo Inspirado Tercio aged. Okay. Uh, from uh, one of the, uh, you know, 10 cigars that STG released this week. Um, the El Septimo uh, Da Vinci Sacred Arts Collection to Lancero, mm -hmm. or, you know, John and Seth might argue with that. Uh, I also got another Lancero, the Davidoff uh, Signature Number 1, the one that they brought back this year, earlier this year. Smoke that one. Yeah, I was going to say, Seth. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I also, yeah. I have not had one yet because I have sealed box here. Oh, if you want me to crack... Uh, Tatuaje Drac Redux. I will absolutely Whoa. do that. 
So, oh. yeah. How many uh, cigars have you had today? I haven't had any. I'm going. For, I'm going for oh, straight okay. clean up. Right, I wanted so to have a genuine, a genuine experience right. here, guys. Yeah. Uh, open that tat. Open oh, yeah. the tat. Here we go. Yeah. I'm curious what know. those are like. I knew. I knew what you were. Uh, I knew what you would have guessed. Ses- uh, Pit chosen Cecil. Actually, after after you throw the tat, I was like, you gotta go with the Redux, man. Screw Davidoff. It's pure the signature. Although I feel like that Davidoff is, is probably 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 a banger. I'm really I'm really excited about. I was really excited about uh, the Davidoff uh, and and this and this too. So um, the Tercio age, I've I've liked some cigars with that type of aging on. So I was hmm. intrigued by the Macanudos expression of it. Um, else. The else Septima I haven't had. Have you? Have you guys? You guys. This is a tercio age. That's where they they wrap it up like the chorizo, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 How many? How many of the El Septima uh, line have you guys reviewed? I should have looked that up beforehand. Aaron. Uh, yeah, I think I'm only <laughs> one that's reviewed them. I've just done personals. I think I've done two or three, um, and I've yet to find one that I think's really enjoyable at all. Have any of them broke 5.4? Mm, probably. I think by maybe they got like 5.6 or something like that. So it's all right. Ooh, banger. Still yeah. breaking 5.4, man. Yeah. But that's, that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> yeah. You got to get into the mid sixes, I think, to even have a, a shot at like being intriguing. I feel like that's probably true of all of us, though. Like, I know you get bagged on a lot for your scoring, but like the truth of the matter is, I don't think any of us are really that impressed until you really go north of 6.5 well it's interesting yeah. you say that john because i was actually going to bring that up later but let's talk about it now since you mentioned it sure it was like y'all have like there's i feel like there's there's a there's a signature score for y'all that you know the the number is i think is is, is irrelevant to the context of this point where you would go back where you would go back to it personally you know and i think yeah oh I think, yeah, yeah we're as an individual where we would go back yeah like i think Seth, I think you have the most. I think you have the most. Uh, the I guess the, the the largest the largest span because like you. Oh well, yeah, I'll commit to something or I I will shun it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I, I I will I will say this that while my score may not reflect it, I can always, no matter where I end up, if I even destroy a cigar, if if I find the guys are like pretty decent high on it, except for probably June. I'll be like, man, I really need to try it again. Um, but it's, I'm just teasing you, Jim. So it's one of these things no, that I C-Y-O-P, try. CYOP, you know? Hey, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I'd say high sixes. You know, usually when I really commit to something, if I give it in the sevens or so forth, I'm really, I'll, I'll keep smoking it and I'll talk. I think about sevens it. for any of us is like, man, we gotta, we gotta go revisit and buy at yeah. least another five or something and yeah. enjoy smoking it. Like I feel like when John, when you're at like a six point five, I feel like is a really that's a that's a good score for you. You you say overwhelmingly positive things about it. Typically, you 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 it, it it's inferred at least when I hear it when I hear you talking about it on the videos that that you're going to come back to it at some point. Yeah, I mean, for me, <sighs> I think six five. I mean, really, for me, you know, to borrow from Coop, and I think Coop's got a good system because he because he ties it into an action, right? So I think. Six five for me is where if I'm in a humidor, I would I would pick up a single of that. Like like you know I'm actively if I see it I'm like okay I'll buy a single of that. 
And I think for me, once you get into the sevens, like June was saying, that's where I'm like, oh shit, I got to get a box of these. Like this is, you know, this is, this is sort of box purchase worthy. Cause it's a, it's a significant standout where six and a half is like, you know, if I'm in a lounge, I'll, I'll light it up. I'll be like, oh yeah, these are pretty good. What's your, what's your, what's your bottom, what's your bottom Seth? Is it, is it around the same about 6.5, 6. 6.0? 6. Yeah, I'd say probably 6.5. I don't know if I would ever, it's, I don't know how I would classify box. I think it probably really, even if it's a high score, it may just, it may just be something that I really enjoyed it, but it's just not something that, is this something that I'm going to smoke a lot of that I want to buy a box of? Um, has to be made in the Dominican. But it's, you know, it or you know, or like a Connecticut by Hector. Um, yeah, usually I'd say probably six point five would probably I'll pick up one or two of them. But you know, anything above then I like I I probably pick up a handful or pick up like a five pack or something depending on where I'm getting them. Um, depending on, depends on the brand too. I, I always look at. I'm always curious to see how the cigar is going to smoke in the future. And I think sometimes I'm, I always try and pay attention to how's this cigar going to smoke later on? Like the original, how's it going to smoke? Not like what's next production going to smoke? Like what's this going to smoke like? Now, Aaron, do I, uh, the, 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 the criteria that you gave me, uh, first of all, am I allowed to read that or no? I was going to get it. Yeah, that's fine. It's no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Do I do that on the pre-light as well? Yes. Okay. And I give you the information. Now, now, Bear, the important thing to remember is that pre-light is just stunting, right? Like pre-light is just us showing off. It doesn't actually factor into the score. It's that just would, so we yeah, can bust okay. balls, you know, because because some of the guys, you know, it could be the fanciest cigar with a with a curly cap and a closed foot and it's a box press and there's six bands and like, it's okay. Oh, I know how you are about multiple okay. bands. So, yeah, I mean, I know <laughs> yeah, it gets all the points. Have, I mean, well, if this. you talk about pre-light, I mean, look at this veiny motherfucker. I mean, you just, I mean... I know Seth's drooling over it. Um, you got to see it's, 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 there's always, there's no, there's no specific rhyme or, you know, you, it's just, you know, it either looks it's really gut. good or yeah, it is. It's a gut. It's a hip shot. Gut. It's yeah. really, and it's, there can be too many bands. There can be too little bands. There can yeah. be, you know, bands in the wrong places. It's just, I know in June and I, I mean, actually no, John and I will go after, go after that all the time. It's rough. It's good thing cheap, we don't cheap, score on that. Aaron that would probably be irritated as hell if it was just, you know, cigars didn't make the cut based off of the, the hip shooting of us. Well, he's, I think it's funny. Cheap paper. I think it's funny. I mean, it is, it is very on the nose. The fact that this is the Draken, it's very toothy. You know, it's got a very toothy wrapper. There's literally like like a topical graphical map of the Andes over here. It's well, crazy. it's, you know, the, um what was it? The Rock Butel, what was it? The DB series, DBS, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, DBS. Um, DBS was one of those cigars where I thought that while the bands, the coloring on the bands was great, I thought Rocky did a great job with it. I just thought there was like too much, and I thought the cigar, on. and I thought the cigar itself deserved like, man, show the wrapper. It's not a bad looking cigar. So, I think broadly yeah, it's one of those things that you either find elegant or you don't. Well, it's just one of those things where it's like there is such a thing as too much going on. And I, that's where Seth's going with that is like, listen, you could just have one band on that if it's a really nice embossed, you know, high quality paper, high quality wrapper. You don't you don't necessarily need three bands and a ribbon and, you know, just just put on one really nice band. It's, you're fine. 
But, you know, and Barry, you talked about Broadleaf. I think Broadleaf's one of those, just because it doesn't look great doesn't mean it's not going to smoke great. And just because the wrapper doesn't look, you know, it's not a beautiful wrapper for Broadleaf, you know, and Pete's even talked about that. It's just, did he pick a different priming? Is this a higher priming? Is this is this a lower priming? Um, I think it's easy to look at, like, a Connecticut Jade and be like, God, that's a really that's a really nice Connecticut shader. Like that's that's got some flaws to it. I think with broadleaf, you kind of have to appreciate the hardiness to it, um, and not and not be too like, God, is this really a, a pure Maduro throughout? Is this just like perfect, or is this like, man, this looks like a really rich broadleaf, which is what you want? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's got all the characteristics of broadleaf that you want it's very rustic and rugged and there's a beautiful sheen on it too it's really nice and oily it's really pretty damn pretty damn terrific on this on this particular wrapper um the uh um <laughs> of course i'll go into this a little bit do this a little bit like aaron of course um what i am smoking is the uh drac redux which is actually not the obviously not the original. Um, I'm going to totally fuck this up, Baron. So sorry about that. The order, I forgot what order that you do it in. But um, you you mean that order in which in how first, I first third, everything? second third? No, how, how you talk about the, just like the the specs of the the specs of the cigar. So all right, because uh, it's because it's not broadleaf. It's Ecuadorian Habano Maduro. Color but, of the wrapper. Color of the wrapper first. Color of the wrapper. Yeah, first thing I mentioned. Okay. No, I meant like how you do the specs oh. on like the, the review and stuff. Like you're Oh, I got you. This is the uh yeah, so it's gonna be size, like what what the actual like naming council would give the size. Okay. So this is a uh the redex version will be is the is a six and three quarter by fifty two Bellicosa Vitola. Uh okay. the uh country price of origin. Nicaragua. Uh okay. price wrapper. wrapper, Ecuadorian Habano Maduro over Nick uh double binders of Nicaraguan uh vintage and Nicaraguan filler. Both undisclosed. All right. Um, okay. It's manufactured factory. at the My Father Factory in Nicaragua. Blender. Blended by Pete Johnson. Price and point thirteen dollars. What? When was released? Uh, October two thousand twenty-two. There you go. You're good to go. Listen, sorry. Can we just stop for a second and talk about how Pete Johnson came out with the Redux of the Drac, and he's only charging thirteen dollars? Just goes to show you, man. You could, you could charge fifteen, sixteen dollars for that, no problem. If you wanted to, probably could charge more for that. Probably given the way everything else is. <clears throat> how much was the? You know, well, you can ask how much the original was. It probably was thirteen dollars. It's, it's probably about the same. Yeah, it's probably the same exact price. Oh, that's that's awesome. a value proposition right there. You know, the interesting thing would be like, okay, look at, you know, pro his profit margin over the years. Now, I, I imagine he's mm. still making, I, I imagine he's still making a profit and, you know, but it's, you know, there's definitely fluctuations and so forth over the years, but they're also now using their tobacco versus, gosh, when you first started this, weren't they buying, weren't they outsourcing tobacco too? So, yeah, they have a lot more of their own for June, I'm interested. Like, you, this was a pretty snap decision for you when I when I said that 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 I had the box last. You you pretty much snapped. Just like, yeah, it's the tat. Like, why 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 did you gravitate so quickly to it? 
out of all the offers. Um, I like what a lot of Pete Johnson does. Um, you know, I think he's really good at making some of the heavier, you know, uh, older cigars out there and still keeping it, you know, hundred percent flavorful. Uh, so yeah. And plus like, I've never smoked the original. Um, so I was curious to see what you think out of this redux version of it. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, so far, so far it's, it's, it's smoking pretty good. The burn's really nice. Um, Flavor, the flavors there and everything. So we'll we'll get to my thoughts here in a few moments. Uh, we'll do some checks. So Barry, are you going to give me? Are you going to give me the score as you get through each section, or you want to wait till the end and give me this? Give me your ratings. Um, I, I thought we do it progressively, if that's all right with you. Okay. So pre light, what was your? Um, pre light, I would say that it was. Uh, so yeah, let's go through that real quick. So there, we go through. There's pre light, first third, second third, last third, and then of course the the final score. Correct. And a burn, and burn, and burn, a draw. burn and draw. Are there burn and draw separate, or are they are they separate? In, in, they are they are, separate. Se- they are yeah. separate. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's that's an important point. Um. And so, based this is pretty simple, guys, and pretty straightforward. For everyone thinks that this this is pretty complicated, you rate it based on like you have your Aaron. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your whatever your barometer is for the for an average cigar experience that I've experienced over my smoking career, smoking tenure, right? Right. right rate them amazing which is the top um very good mm-hmm. good on par mm-hmm. with an average cigar that i've had subpar poor and bad right okay um i w- i mean i i would say i mean i really like the oiliness i'm really tinkered between like average and good on this and i don't mm-hmm. want to just bump it up for the sake of bumping it up i mean um i do I do like the simplicity of the monster series. I think that's what the appeal is of it. Um, so I'll go ahead and give it a pre-light good. Like I said, it doesn't right. matter. doesn't matter anyway. I could have said anything. Could have said it was bad. Uh, this really well. take affect the score. But I would say I'll, I'll say good, just because right. I like. Um, I've always liked the presentation of the monster series, and like I said, I've liked the. I appreciate the simplicity of it and everything. Um, Does he still put them upside down like they're like the fanes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how they were in the. That's how they were in the box. Yeah, yeah. So, um, cool, cool little detail. detail, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people wouldn't catch that, <clears throat> but it's just one of those little tobacco things, tobacco layer things that, like, you know, some old guy was touches. like, hey, "Hey, you put the, uh, you put yeah, the you bellicose put, cigars are upside down. down. What are you doing? No, man, they're supposed Not to be purpose. like vampire teeth. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. years ago, man. My gosh, shit, man. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten too innovative with these people. All right. Well, let's. Uh, that takes us into tonight's major point, and which is always brought to you by the people. Yes, cigar people. Uh, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back from the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins. Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P Protocol Cigars. It gives me such glee and such delight to use the word passion in an ad read when Aaron Loomis is my guest. So um, <laughs> I forgot that you said I forgot that you said Lawman series. I thought, do they have a new series called the Llama series that I just missed? <laughs> I was like, they got a they got a, a llama. I was like, we're gonna have like an annual alpaca release too. I'm sure. It's like the the law, you know. There, it's based on law enforcement, you know, down in South America that ride llamas around instead of horses. So they'll the llama, do a little the, the llama de- series. 
they'll do a little demon llama for the Emperor's New Groove of Disney. If anyone anyone has kids out there <laughs> seeing that, good stuff. Um, Emperor's New Groove definitely an underrated kids movie. I will say that. I get a kick it's out great of it. Movie. Um, speaking of naming, um, I uh, I recently listened to one of y'all's reviews that I thought was a, I think I think was an excellent conversation. It was it was absolutely dripping with sarcasm throughout the whole thing, but I thought it was a really interesting conversation about Rick Rodriguez's West Tampa The Attic series, The Attic, uh, and how like obviously redundant and rep- like repetitive it is, and like. I thought it was a really interesting discussion about how like a lot of things in the cigar industry, like start off with a really good idea and then just kind of, they miss it. Like, it's like, Oh, that's really cool. And then you're like, well, fuck. And you fucked it up already. Like I've, I I think that, I think that happens quite a bit. Um, You know, Aaron, we've jo- joked about this too before, like how like some names are re- like reused and people don't even look up trademarks and things like that. Like it's all, it was yeah. kind of like a joke and stuff. Like what what do you think? It, it, I mean, do you think it, it's like it's laziness or like people are just so uh, kind of they just have like tunnel vision on what they're what they're wanting to do personally that they just don't even think to look. I'm not sure. I mean, that one just seemed like it like it was staring you in the face to be like, you have to come up with a name for this particular cigar in this series. Like you can't name a series and then name the cigar the series. Cause if you're gonna have other ones, like it's gonna look that first one's gonna look weird when you get to other ones. So I, I don't know why I don't know why it came out that way, but it did. So I mean, I think I'm pretty sure Seth had a really good time explaining that one on the on the video. So <laughs> It, it was pretty. It was it was pretty entertaining. I really enjoyed it. Like when uh, Seth actually, it's, it's funny you mentioned Seth because Seth goes, you know, says, "Hey, all you have to do is go upstairs, look around your attic, and just start naming shit." And like, there's your attic series. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and like, my mind immediately went to the mothball, like the attic series. This is the mothball, which is definitely flavor more flavorful than some of the cigars that he put out at CAO. So I was like, you know. <laughs> that's pretty apropos. Uh, wow, Bear, I didn't know you were like man, this. It's... Bear, this is great. Bear, you got to join our review crew, man. <laughs> dude, I've got, dude, I've got some feistness in me. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, it. Here, here's the thing. Like, what I'll say, like, about my my rating system, and I, I think you know, um, is like, I, I smoke a lot of different things, and I enjoy a lot of different things. Um, I think perfection is simply unattainable. So I think, like, like you know. And not to throw names out there, but like Barry Stein is very, he's known for the hundred point scale and hitting that and even going over at this point. And like, that's, that's such a high bar. Like I, I've, I've never had the perfect cigar. Like, I don't think I, I don't think that'll ever happen. Like there's always something that you can like objectively critique. Like, like did it actually have a perfect burn? Did was the draw flawless throughout? Like, did the flavor really keep my attention from beginning to end? Like, yeah. Is, you know, was it insane? Was it incredibly balanced the entire time? Like, that's just a such a high bar that I just can't see myself. But like, like, you know, like the 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 night, you know, the ninety is the ninety the ninety kind of scale. And like, I eighty eight eighty nine for me, like on the hundred point scale, like that's a good cigar. I'll give cigars that score, and I'll enjoy them. Like, I'll smoke those still. And but like to the industry, it's like a dig. But yeah, 
you know? Yeah, it's grown yeah, to be that true. way. It didn't used to be that way, right? It yeah. used to be that that 88, 89 was that good territory, but then kind of was it that bit of inflation. And then once you got kind of over that 90 barrier, that became the new standard and the, those other scores have fallen off. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, there's cigars that I just, I really don't enjoy. Like I'm not going to give them a 50 because that just right. seems really, I mean, well, I, I don't you're, care you're, about you're, being cruel, but like, like yeah, but that, the scar has to be falling be cruel, apart. You only be cruel giving it a 50 because how everybody else uses that system. Right. Right. If you used, I mean, we could clearly use the hundred point scale and we could use 50 for our average, but that would be so confusing. That would be even more confusing. I think to how we do it now, people would really think that we are trying to be mean to people. Yeah. That's yeah. such a, that's such a large scale. Like, I mean, there are cigars that I've smoked that I've like given like an 80. I'll, I'll never smoke that cigar again. Right. It just like, the flavor was often hit my palate. I mean, it held together. It smoked well or decently enough to where it's like, okay, you know, it was, it was made, it was made well, you know, for the most part. And, but I mean, it just tastes like shit. So, yeah. So like the CAO session, for example. So um, <laughs> to your point, June, like we were talking about. So yeah. let's go uh, right on. Go. Yeah. Speaking of CEO sessions, we're doing a giveaway tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, going going back to the formation of developing palettes, you know, June, like, was the rating system like when you okay, like? I don't, I'm not really interested. In, I I know that you guys broke off from Blind Man's Puff. There were there were a lot of different reasons for it. But when you did, I'm not really interested in getting into that tonight. But I wanted to talk to you specifically about this. Like, was the rating system like intentional in the way that like we were at you know at our previous thing we were we were smoking cigars blind. No, this time we're gonna go in, we're gonna know what we're look what we're smoking, but we want to do something that's completely different. Like, was it super did it start off that way or like what like what was some of the first things of like, Hey, how are we going to do this different than we did before and the way it's done? Yeah. Um, yeah. Back in gosh, 2016 there. Yeah. It was 2015. We were kind of starting it. 2015. Um, chat about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Aaron and I actually lived geographically pretty close, um, like half hour. Well, back then half hour ish. Um, and yeah, we definitely dialogued a lot about what we wanted out of our blog. Um, you know, we wanted to come up with a rating system that was that we could stand behind, um, and that was uh, weighted according to what we thought was fair. Um, and we wanted to not, uh, we didn't want to kiss ass and be as transparent as possible. So, um, I think we've stuck to that pretty well throughout the years. Um, not with just like Aaron and I, but um, having like uh, John join from. Sick Fed and I guess Seth as well from Sick Fed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's. <laughs> it's actually funny that I think you know, with <laughs> so many years ago, uh, and I'm thinking about it again. I've had way more ideas that I wanted to do, and, and Aaron and I will dialogue about that. But to uh, operationalize it um, is really hard, as you could probably find out, um, as you already probably already know. Bear trying to like get you know industry people's time and get them to buy in on the concepts and um being consistent and doing it um yeah but yeah one of the biggest things that Aaron and I talked about was uh just being as transparent as possible um and honestly like I 
uh, like BMP's concept is awesome. Like I, I still wish we spoke blind because you strip away everything um, out of the, you know, marketing and the bands and all that. And you just, it's all about the leaf. Right. Uh, but you know, we're not going to do that because we're not going to obviously duplicate their efforts. Was that was okay? So to your point, like you, that's you wish that's the what you could do, and it, it's understandable why why you guys had to stray away from that. Um, not necessarily had to, but I, I think that's I I would agree that that's the right decision, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, but it has that made it more difficult for you, um, just as a reviewer. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the towards the beginning. Uh, for me anyways it was a little bit challenging right because as you make relationships with you know cigar industry folks um, and especially the ones that you like and build a rapport with um, sometimes there's this aspect of oh man you know I feel a little bad for giving the score but uh, now I don't give a shit (laughs) uh, because at the end of the day it's it's how I feel right like and if you like it great if you don't like it and it's my subjective palette right like we could agree upon within all of us burn and draw, right? Because for the most part, that is as objective as you as you could get. But aside from that, everything else is super like flavors are super subjective, right? Um, but yeah, like it was a little challenging in the beginning, especially like Aaron's been in the industry for far longer than I have, and he knows way more cigar industry folks than I do. Um, but for me, just in the beginning of kind of uh, you know meeting more cigar industry people. Um, understanding kind of where my voice is and how I rate and review. Um, I, I think it, it that was a little bit of a steep learning curve. So with yeah. tran- transparency, Aaron, just wanted to kick this over to you. So with transparency being the center of what y'all wanted to create, um, how did you feel like this? I, I, and, I, and I know how humble you guys are about it, um, it, but I mean, it is a revolutionary scale, right? I mean, no one's... No one's done it before. Everyone's adhered to basically this other type of scale. You've seen other little things here and there, like the grading, like the A plus, or if you want to use like like five cigars or four cigars. So like those are right. kind of similar, sort of. Um, but I mean, it is pretty revolutionary. I mean, what was the? How did that tie into your motivation of transparency? Like what? Yeah, I think I just think that. What we were seeing is it was just too much of a consolidated scoring of, you know, everybody that used that 100-point system, they might only be in that range of, you know, five or six points or whatever it is. And it just, it was very, like it, when I would read it, read a review, I would see a score and, you know, all these scores were so close to each other. Like, how could I decipher if, you know, two or out of seven cigars that all got a 91, one of those seven is better than the other six, right? So how do I know that? And the only way that you could really know that is if you expanded that scale out so that you made it so that you had, you know, more, more iterations of what that score could look like. So we wanted to do something where we could use the whole scale. And that's not really how the 100 point system is used. It's going to be, you're rarely going to see anything under an 85. Um, and then you're not going to probably, depending on what side it is, you're not going to see much over 95, right? So um, we just wanted to be able to have that range so that you could see, like, we smoked these 10 cigars. You know, they're all 10 cigars have a different score, so you can clearly see where they are in the range. And we just wanted to be able to do that. You know, if I could go to a website and see the reviews and say, all right, here's the here's the last 10 cigars they reviewed. This one is the best one out of the 10. 
and not a bunch of repetitive scores, then that's kind of what I wanted to see. And that's kind of, I think what June and I have kind of, how we kind of built things was like, if we were going to, if we wanted to read something all the time, what would it look like? And that's kind of what we wanted to put out. So, so, I mean, 10 would be the perfect score, correct? Yeah. Out of perfection, which I don't think will ever happen. Well, at some, at the end of our reviewing days, right. You're going to find your highest rated cigar and say, that was the perfect cigar for me, but it's, it's only, it's only in retrospect. You can't see that going forward. Right. Right. Um, if you score something at that level now, it's like, all right, you're, you're going to tell me that you're never going to ever smoke a cigar. That's better than this cigar. What you, you, you just got to stop reviewing at that point, right? I'm just going to smoke this cigar all the time. I might go to a couple of different ones just because I want to, there's a little something different I want at the time, but I'm going to come back to this one all the time because this is the best cigar that will ever exist. And then, but, you know, what, what are you going to do at that point? Can you imagine if someone actually just found the perfect cigar and just stopped? Like they just, like, can you if I, if, like if I found day, that, I probably wouldn't do that. Imagine if one day Cooper was like, you know, <laughs> I found the perfect cigar. This is a hundred yep. on cigar coupe, and then he just stopped writing. <laughs> yep. That's when he finally finally goes dark. He'd finally like, no one's coupe from ten. That years, would be the ultimate like sign he's off. Just, he's just he's just smoking that same cigar still, man. He's just doing his thing. So, so, since you chimed in here, so like, I mean, obviously, you did not start with the team um, at the very beginning. And John, this question for you too, but. Like, so when you guys saw, I mean, because you guys were acquainted at least before you guys joined the team and everything, like when you saw what Aaron and June were doing, like what, like in the spirit of transparency, like, honestly, what was, what were your initial thoughts? Like, did you think that they were crazy? You thought they were onto something? Like what, what, what were your initial thoughts with it? Well, I didn't think they were crazier than I was. I was like, let's just go along for this ride, man. Let's just see where this goes. <laughs> so it's just, it's just a wild and crazy trip. Um, no, it's, it, it was, it's very different. I'll say for me, it's very different, but I understand what he's saying. And, and Aaron mentioned it, that, you know, that if everyone gives something 91, like my, my 91 is different than another person's 91 and th- there's different aspects to it. And it's just further breaking down the cigar and looking at it from a different level. Um, and I think having all four of us really contribute with it really gives you an idea of, you know, every once in a while we're, we can have the same score, but we can, we can be there in a different way, but there's occasionally times where like, we'll smoke a cigar. And I think that we're all, I, I, it's, you know, there's been a couple of times. I don't think June was a part of it where like Aaron, John and I were like dead on with a cigar um and it was just like every aspect was the same and it was really enjoyable and i want to say it was like the perfect cigar but i think the three of us would say that yeah we really enjoyed it and the three of us would smoke it together all the time and have a good time with it okay um john can john can break it down yeah, more just... philosophical <laughs> yeah listen first of all I like the idea of zagging when everyone is zigging and I totally agreed with the full, like it took a while for me to kind of really wrap my head around the scoring philosophy. But, you know, as Aaron explained it, listen, if you smoke 50 cigars that year, how many of those cigars are truly standouts 
like 50 new cigars that year. How many of those cigars are truly standouts where you look back and I ask you about that cigar, you know, this cigar released in July. What do you think of that? And if your honest response is, eh, that's a, that's a five and a half. That's what it is. And I think the problem is that, you know, we've got an industry of very passionate people and I get that there are, you know, in a, in a way it is a little more art than science, right? These are people that are, that are creating an artistic expression of what they, what they feel is good. And there's nothing wrong with that because like June said, it's a highly subjective experience and nothing against a manufacturer or brand owner who puts out a cigar and they're like, no, I think this is an eight. Okay, great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you ask some of your peers in the industry to smoke your cigar and they're being honest, they might come back and say, you know what? It's okay. But like, it's nothing really that standout. And the problem with that is that because you're creating art and because so much of your passion and sort of your personality goes into that, some people take that personally. And I get that. Like, you know, that's, that's part of the artistic process, but you know, we try to break it down into be uh, like June was saying, we're trying to be transparently honest. We're trying to say, you know, listen, it's not a reflection of you as a blender and it's not a reflection of your your factory. We're just saying that that experience was not a standout from the other, you know, 99 cigars we smoked that year. And we're just being honest. And if and if I think if people had more people around them being honest with them, I think that would be good for the industry because, you know, there are people out there that constantly drive to make better product every year. And I think we have seen that some years are stand out more than others, but that's really the goal is like, we want to see, we want to see more competition at the top and less competition in the middle, right? Like ultimately we want to be fighting at the end of the year to go, man, it's going to be a tough year to decide who's going to be in the top 10 or top 15 cigars for the year. Uh, but unfortunately, most years, you know, that that standout is not that difficult. You know, you look, like I said, you look back and you go, what do you think of that cigar? Eh. What do you think of this cigar? Oh, yeah, no, that was a really good cigar. And you just know. And sometimes, you know, after just a few puffs. Yeah, I think um, I think that kind of goes into a question that I want to ask. I wanted to ask a little bit later, but I'll, before we kind of segue into Seth and uh, you joining the team and everything. I wanted to talk about that. Like the, and and I've heard you guys say this on review, so I know I'm not crazy, but it feels like a lot of cigars that I've smoked, newer cigars, newer releases that I've smoked recently over the last few years, more and more I'm experiencing what Aaron likes to call the, the cigar aficionado effect. Like they start off one thing and then they end up completely another. And it's not a completely another being a good thing. Um, it, it it's like they somehow like log all the complexity and balance into the first third. And it's just like, and then after that, it's, it's, you know, take a direct left out of flavor town to throw a guy Fieri reference in. It just, I mean, have, I know you guys, I know I've heard you guys say that. I mean, I know we're, I'm, we're kind of in agreement here, right? For sure. Yeah. I think, I think that, um, you know, flavor being subjective, there are definitely times not to pick on cigar, cigar aficionado because you know, we do this with our own lists. I think, you know, when people say like you're, you're breaking down other lists. Well, nobody is harder on our own lists than, than we are. Right. And you see it in every time we have a review and there's, there's pretty contentious debate on every single review. And there's contentious debate at the end of the year when we talk about what's going to make that list. Um, the cigar does have to perform for all three thirds. And as much as I'd like to smoke a cigar for the first third and then pitch it, the reality is, most cigar smokers 
are intending to smoke as much of that cigar as possible. And you see like the nub crews out there that are like smoking that cigar way further down than I would, because I can, you know, for me, most of those cigars past a certain point, it just, it's, you know, you just can't physically can't smoke a cigar past that point because it comes too hot and too bitter and whatever. Um, but the average cigar smoker is spending their good hard earned money and they want to get as much flavor and as much time out of that cigar as they physically can. Before we go into uh, you guys joining the team and everything, uh, Aaron, I'm about done with my first third here. I wanted to kind of give you some thoughts on it. So uh, the flavors kind of, I've kind of typed some notes up here as well. The flavors kind of started off. Um, first of all, I think the uh, the burn has been pretty even. I haven't had to do any touch-ups yet. Uh, don't foresee that happening necessarily. I have had to ash once already uh, just because of the ash is a little loose and flaky. You guys, do you guys knock points off for like ash construction, like the, I didn't think so. Um, the, uh, but the burn's pretty consistent. I mean, it's a slightly wavy, but nothing, nothing crazy or anything like that. So John, this is where I kind of want to bring you in. We had, we had this discussion off air privately, but I wanted to bring it to the purpose of the air just because I wanted to see if I could get my audience to understand it, at least to where I've understood it. You use terminology like, oh, this is a notch too tight or three notches right. too tight. So what's the barrier of like, what's an, like how, like, is it again, kind of to the point of the whole ranking system that you guys do, is it, this is my perfect draw and a notch too tight is tight is too, is one notch too tight off. Can you, can you explain it and walk me through it? Yeah, absolutely. So there is a little bit of subjectivity to that in the sense that it's hard to describe to somebody what a notch too tight is. Right. And I think, you know, that it, it takes a lot of explanation to walk somebody through that. And I think there is unfortunately a disconnect because for me, I would say that, you know, what a, what I would consider to be a technically perfect draw, I personally wouldn't consider to be a technically perfect draw on like a Corona or a Lancero. Because to me, what I want a technically perfect draw to be on a, on a smaller ring gauge is I actually want it to be between one and a half and two notches resistant. So you actually want a little bit of snugness on a skinnier ring gauge cigar. To me, that from a, from a, you know, true construction perspective, you actually want a bit of a tighter draw because that's going to be a better smoking experience. But from a, you know, a, a process that can be applied to all cigars, that might not be a technically perfect draw, you know, as you compare it to everything else. And I think you just know when you, when you, you know, I assume you did a straight cut there. Uh, yes which we're going to talk okay. about your preferred cut here in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when you draw on that, if if you draw and, you, you know, if you smoked enough cigars, you know the difference between the cigar being open and the cigar being resistant, right? Like if you, if you draw on it and it's immediately a wind tunnel, you're like, okay, this draw is open. But when you draw on it and you immediately get, you know, a good amount of smoke production without resistance, like, you know, without the, the draw pushing back on you, you had a perfect draw. And I think the problem is that for me, um, you know, there is in the non-Cuban industry, there's more than enough technical training for everyone to have a perfect cigar every single time, you know, like all the tools are there, all the training is there. And there really isn't, especially, you know, as prices start to creep up into the North of $13 mark, there really isn't an excuse for a tight draw or even a resistant draw. Right. Like mm -hmm. it, it always kind of in the past, non-Cubans, it, it kind of has to be perfect every single time. And I don't think that's 
asking too much, really. It used to be that way a couple, three years ago. Okay. So with all that being said, I would say that this, this particular cigar, because you want with a Bellicoso, you're, you're going to want some snugness to it. You're going to have some obvious snugness. So um, I would still say that this is probably a notch too tight for my deal for me for a Bellicoso. Mm -hmm. So um, I think what I would say is, I think I would still characterize that as average. Um, um, So, so where I would put it, so you understand kind of where I, and, and, and everyone, everyone on our panel kind of rates a little bit differently. So a perfect draw for me is obviously that, that exact zone between open and resistant. So, so the moment you start to get sort of, you know, you can detect resistance. That's when you've moved out of a perfect draw. And that, like I said, the one to two range is where I would want to say, a, you know, I want a Corona or a Lancero to be over a two is where you, okay, now you're actually having to work at the draw, right? So you've, you know, like sometimes with box presses, it, it's intentionally snug. So two to three is like you're actually getting some snugness. And then over three is where, where you're actually physically working that draw. And you're like, okay, this, this is a little bit annoying. And then over four is where you start to get into like, okay, there's a technical issue with this cigar. Either it, the tobacco's too wet inside, uh, maybe a knot was formed when they when they did the break. They they twisted it and they made a knot in the in the break, and so you physically got a break. Um, at that point, I'll actually check the cigar, like I'll physically inspect, and you can tell right away, right? Like you can physically feel, right? You know, maybe the first third or last third is tight, and you're like, okay, this is it's overpacked, or you know, it wasn't bunched properly. Um, fortunately, that is not that common, but you know, I think we've had that in the last few weeks i've had i've had some um i've had some draws that were you know three plus on the resistance scale which it's kind of a drag well 2022 was a really bad construction year for you i felt like i listened to a lot where that oh, was yeah. just like oh my god like you more than most i think you caught the like i mean if we want to call it luck um like over you over the the other three were really really had really bit poor construction excuses or uh experiences not excuses excuse me um but I would still say so. I would, I guess, with it being a notch too tight. So you were, so you would say, if it's a notch too tight on this, you would, you would still characterize it as good if it was very you good. doing it. Oh, very good. Yeah, okay. very good. Okay. Yeah. So let, let me let me jump in here a bit better because I think actually for draw, it's a bit subjective. It's not necessarily yeah. an ob- objective thing. So he, here's how I would kind of characterize it. I think if you put a cigar on a draw tester, right, and whatever it was calibrated at to show that it was perfect. So you take. Take four, take five cigars in this in this scenario. There's all of like them pass the draw PSR, tester. I think all the all the cigars pass the draw test is perfect, right? And give them all the five of us. We may not agree that it's a perfect draw, right? We may say this is a little bit looser than I like, or this is a little tighter than I like. You, what you do is you're calibrating for yourself on draw. So, sure. where what do you prefer as the perfect draw? And then you kind of hit the scale from that point on. I like a little of resistance, um, right? On mine, I'm more, I, of a snug, I'm more of a snug guy, so like I always look for more snug bear. Right. So I think this is a little bit more snug than I would like personally. So that's why I'm saying it's it's average. Yeah. So if it's just if it's just slightly more snug, then it would be like one one rating down. So it'd still be very good. Like you know, okay. if it's just slightly away from where you really like it, it would be just it okay. would be very good. Okay, so, so I guess it's very good then. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah. Very good in the first. So third. Like, yeah, so we use the same descriptors for it, but for burn and draw, it's kind of a little 
in it's different because I would say if you think over time, your average draw is probably really good, right? Most cigars yeah. that you smoke are constructed well. So yeah. to say it's average is wrong because you're not going to get like three levels above of what you're typically Got getting it. on a draw, gotcha. right? So for this one, it's going to be a little different. So start at basically say what I prefer for a draw is amazing. And then you just go, you're going down from there. Okay. So I would say very good. And then I would say, I would say, uh, I would say very good for the, for the construction so far. Okay. So do you have a, so that we, we do the burn and the draw kind of at the end where you have all the information you're done with it. Okay. You're going to say, all right, that's it. So at this point, when you're done with the first third, you give me a flavor score for that first third. Got it. Okay. So the, the flavors kind of start off with some, um, some, some really deep earthiness. There's a little bit of coffee, a little bit of baking spice, uh, but this really interesting kind of herbal quality. When I first lit the cigar, that was a little, a little weird. There's kind of some, there's through most of the first third, there's like this nice little, you know, mushroom quality on the, on the retro uh, and then now there's this kind of towards the end of the first there's kind of this minerality uh, that I kind of I dig Uh-oh. in cigars um, a little bit. Um, but it's it's with the retro being so just kind of off kilter and everything, it's it's kind of made for a really interesting first third, but not really balanced so far. Um, but the mouth, the mouthfeel of it's pretty good um, and tastes pretty good. Uh, the retro is kind of the one that's throwing me off. So I would say um, I would say that it's right now it's about it's I would say it's good. So good on the first third. Got it. And just going back to sort of what Aaron was talking about, subjectivity. um, I think Aaron tends to be a little like, so I'm, I think I tend to be a little bit more aggressive on how I'm scoring draw. And I think Aaron tends to be a little bit more aggressive on um, burn. So like for me, for a burn, unless it's egregiously off kilter, like unless you actually have consistently lopsided burn, I'm not going to dock it for a score until I actually need to touch my lighter. The moment I have to touch a lighter, that's when you start to sort of lose points. And I think for Aaron, and I think it's a perfectly valid um, assessment to say when you have lopsided burn, it is no longer a perfect burn unless it's burning completely flat the entire time. It is not a perfect burn. And I I think that's, that's a reasonable take. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one notch off on the burn is not like, drastic points it's just it's just a you know a slight ding so it's not crazy but what i consider perfect is a razor sharp straight line the entire way and that's that's perfection to me so um just to come go back to the the buildings of developing palettes so like june when you uh and aaron had started this thing and it was just the two of y'all um and then where it was the original idea to always bring uh, additional people on, or was this like as John and Seth became available, it became more of a uh, of a talking point between the two of you guys. Yeah, we had a open payroll, um, and we were just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. Oh, okay, you he's asking you what? Um, I don't. I don't really remember June. I, I know when when you and I yeah. started it, we were just so in line with what we wanted to do and how we thought about reviews and what we thought was wrong with other review sites and what we wanted to maybe try to do. Um, and we just want and we wanted to had that had that kind of face to face recap at the end. Um, I don't know that we yeah. set out starting out saying like, 
this is something that we want to have a panel for, or I don't remember if we, we were. Did yeah. yeah, we didn't. Uh, we didn't think of outreaching to other um, uh, contributors to to join us. Uh, we just thought that. I think I so in my opinion, obviously, uh, I think we we're just going to do it just the two of us, uh, and then when uh, like Seth and John became um, available, uh, we thought it would be awesome for them to partner with us and um, do this, you know, all together. And we've, we both have history and we've been friends with John and Seth and um, um, there's a contributor that no longer contributes for, you know, um, uh, various other reasons. Greg, that was probably, I think it was probably what the first contributor for. Literally saw him for the first time on the page this week. I was like, (laughs) I I actually, I sent a, I've sent a picture to Coop. I was like, did I miss something? Is there a fifth member of the team? And, and he's like, no, man, that's that's really old. And I was like, how have I never seen this guy's face and name? On this? I, I felt like a terrible fan. Drummer, drummer got replaced, bro. Drummer got replaced. <laughs> and yeah, I think, Greg, Greg uh, you, you knew Greg from like back in like the forum days, right? I knew him in the forum days, and he was one of the guys that we recruited for Blind Man's Puff as well. So we, he was a reviewer there. Okay, gotcha. And um, he was... Um, he was ready to leave over there as well. And um, kind of the same thing. Like I asked him if he wanted to come join us and he was interested in doing it. Um, it was only for a short time because he just had some other commitments that he, he just wasn't able to do it anymore. Um, we would love to have him stay, stay on because um, he, he did, he did, he was a fantastic reviewer. He had the same kind of mindset of what we wanted to mm-hmm. do. That's kind of, I think that was June and I's criteria is like, it's not like we could just like pull in a bunch of people and feel that we could do this well. Like, um, I don't know how to say this nicely without making us sound like dicks, but, um, we want to uh, like-minded people. We, we, we've turned people, we've turned people uh, that have asked us to join us away. So because we didn't feel like they were ready or that they could do it in the, um, the spirit of what we wanted to do. So yeah, go back not, to like transparent, you know, honest reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in, in light of that, I'll bring Seth into the conversation who I don't think he's given a shit since he was 12 years old about anyone's opinion. So, um, um, <laughs> Seth, you, you started, I mean, you started your own site. I mean, I mean, I remember when I first started really digging into cigar media and, and, and seeing um, Seth's humidor was one of the first, you know, one of the first things that I saw and, you know, ran paid attention to, um, you know, that, I mean, I know that was a lot of hard work for you. Um, I know you, you, you did a lot of cool things in that particular, uh, in that particular spectrum and vein and everything like that. But what, like the decision to kind of, I guess, fold that, I mean, was that, was that easy? Was that hard? Like, I mean, were you just tired of doing it all on your own? Is that what it was just time? It was, it was just time. I just didn't have to do it. I didn't have the time to do it on my own anymore. So I wanted to keep, yeah, I just thought it'd be fun to keep doing it. Um, I just didn't, you know, just didn't have the time to, you know, run my own site. So I was at SigFed for a while. And then, you know, I'm playing minor league ball in Ames, Iowa. And then I get a call that I get called up by, you know, Aaron and then bring me on up. So there I was relieving and then come on up to the big leagues and <laughs> been here since. So. Yeah, I'm trying to remember God, how many years back was that. It's been a while though. That's been a minute too. 
Yeah, uh, you're like 17 or 18, I think, is when you joined. Uh, and I remember John. John, we oh, we saw you at I uh well IPCPR, IPCPR. back then. Um, yeah, yeah. And then we had a combo with you at IPCPR. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and we're like, hey, it looks like uh, scotch. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, it appears sick fat is uh things might not know, be looking so things bright. might yeah. Things might be uh, after Aria is over. I, I hear a band playing and they're loading the boats. And I'm wondering <laughs> if maybe I should get on a boat after the women and children are done, be respectful, and get how, on a boat. Before how many elbows I'm, did I'm you throw, John? Let's just put it, how many elbows did you throw? Let's just be honest here. Come on. Uh no no you know my they call me the conscientious Canadian for a reason I for Aaron had to work on me for God what was it a year and a half yeah I think it was like a year and a half and it was you know it was just me kind of trying to do a transition plan where I left on good terms and wasn't because I you know I I did have good terms with the, everyone at SigFed and I didn't want to just bounce and be like you know, peace out. Fuck you guys. You know, I wanted to legitimately say, look, I've enjoyed my time here. I need to move on to other things, but I don't want to do that. Just kind of leaving everyone holding the bag. And I want to make sure that I can do that in a way where, you know, one day I just leave and it's fine. And, and you know, no one's, no one's butthurt, you know, I want to leave in on good terms. And I think, I think I did that. I mean, a year and a half was a bit long, probably. I probably could have shortened that up a little bit, but you know, I think that's just how I'm built. I don't want to, I don't like leaving, leaving people holding the bag. So, and I've been there for a while. I mean, shit, I started my own site in 2012. I joined SigFed in 2013 and I was with SigFed for five years, right? I think it's five years. So it was a hot minute. And I think we had a, I think there was a whole similar thing between how Seth and John joined us. Mm-hmm. We were having discussions. They were both at the same place. I had a discussion with Seth. He, I, and I don't, I don't want to put words in Seth's mouth. So Seth, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he, Seth just felt like it was he was it was stalled out at SigFed for him. And I, w- I called Logan up, tried to do everything right. I said, "Hey, Logan, I've had I've talked to Seth. Um, you know, we have an interest in bringing him over to develop pallets. Um, you know." How would you feel about that? Any issues go, kind of going that route? Kind of felt like I'm asking somebody's father if I can marry him or whatever was going on. Um, Logan gave me the blessing. Then, you know, told Seth, you're free. I got you out of jail. Come on over. And then we kind of went from there, right? Much so, different. He said something about like, much different, much different American departure versus the Canadian. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make sure everything's intact. I was yeah. like, y'all good? Yeah. Fuck you. See y'all out. <laughs> Peace. Got my, got my first round uh, draft pick. I am out. <laughs> and Logan was it. like, have you seen my color project? Uh, hashtag buy now. <laughs> I, just then, saw, uh, I just saw my lo- I saw my locker. Shit was getting thrown on the locker. Mm-hmm. Locker room was on fire. I was like, you know what? I'm all good. We're on good terms. I didn't start Steph, it. Steph, well, coach needs Aaron, to talk to you. Coach needs to talk to you. Aaron, I want to put you on the does. spot here. I want to put you on the spot okay. a little bit, Aaron. So, like, yeah. you said that you've outright rejected people who have asked to join, uh, right. and and you didn't say my name. So thanks for thanks for showing me respect. Just kidding. Um, but seriously, you've rejected people. Um, yeah. 
but you, you had to work on John for a year and a half. Like what, what did you see in John? What did John have that Indeed. again, what without naming names, like Jesus. these other people didn't, that yeah. other, these other people didn't like, what was, I mean, I, John, I have, you know how much respect I have for you. So like, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested to get Aaron's take on this. Yeah, I'll go. I mean, I'll kind of speak kind of the the overall thing because Seth and John both fit into, into these categories. Is, uh, and I'll, June, tell me if I'm wrong and you're feeling on this because I think we're aligned with this as well. We want people that have done this before. This isn't their first time, right? Because I think somebody's first time reviewing, um, they're going to start out loving everything and they're not going to be able to be critical right away. And when I say critical, I mean that in a good way. Not like, not like I'm not looking for people to bash. Our, our, our goals are not to give low scores. That's, we would love to give high scores all the time, but that's just not the reality. That's not how the law of averages work. So we, we want somebody that has done this before, that you know they know what a good cigar is. They know what a bad cigar. They have gone through the process. You know, they've, they've got a little bit of a jadedness to them. Like they, they understand that everything's not roses and all that's going on, right? Um, they've done the media stuff a bit. So they know, you know, that as soon as Pete Johnson shakes your hand, that you're allowed to give him not a flattering score, um, (laughs) you know, things of that nature, like, um, and, you know, seeing Seth have, having done that site for so long, like there's a commitment there, right. Having seen John done that site for so long, there's a commitment there. Like John's very, obviously you can see John is very interested in flavors because he was doing sharing our pairings and. He's, you know, super into spirits and beer and all that stuff. And Seth was doing some of the wine stuff, you know, as well. It was like, these guys are into flavor as the the component for the base of this thing. And that's what June and I focused on was flavor first. It's all about flavor, right? Yeah. We can look past the Fuck band. the burn cone, just all about flavor. Yeah, exactly. Guy. Yeah. It, you know, fla- you know yeah, flavor plus, is yeah. all that matters, right? So, yeah. um, I, you know. I'm I'm okay um, working with people to help them do this if they want to do this. Um, like I, I don't want to sound bad saying this. I'm fine being a min, being a mentor if someone wants me to be a mentor. I'm not going to go out there saying I'm going to mentor you on this. Like if someone asks me and I can help them, I will help them. But I'm not going to bring them up on developing palettes, right? Gotcha. I, they need to to, to use Seth's get, metaphor, right? Like, like you're they're the big leagues. You're okay with developing people, but you're not going to do it on your on your yes. on your team. Yes, okay. if they, you know, I'm I'm all for uh, trying to encourage people that if they want to get into this to do their own thing. Like, don't don't come up on somebody else's system or site. You know, do your own thing. Get a feel for what it looks like. Feel how hard it is to do. Because reviewing a cigar is easy, but putting out the consistent content is the hard part, right? Right. And I want them to get that feeling of, you know, I can do this. I enjoy doing this. Now it's a grind. I'm going to continue to do it because I like it or whatever, you know, just that you want to power through it and say that you can continue to do it. And Seth and John had gr- were grinding it out for so long. I know yeah. that they could grind, right? Because I don't want to bring somebody on, and I'm sure June doesn't want to bring somebody on, and they're on for four months and then they bail on us um you know we want to have a we want to have like this consistent team like people come to the site they see the four of us they know the four of us are going to be there kind of a thing mm-hmm. at some point at some point somebody's going to have to leave right and then somebody else is going to leave but i think with this group we have that kind of agreement that 
we're kind of in this for the long haul. As life comes up and somebody has to make an adjustment, we're fine with that. You know, all of us have had life changes in the last few years and things of that nature. We've powered through them, but we're kind of all moving forward together on those things. So um, that's the thing is we, we just want it to be solid. And now we want to know that we have solid people and Seth and John fit that mold perfectly with what June and I had kind of set forth. I don't, I don't know if you remember this conversation, Aaron, it was kind of when we were at the interview stage and I, I think the conversation went something like, you know, how are you going to feel if um, it's like a big release from Drew Estate or, a, or another big company and I end up having to just lay into the cigar. And I remember you said something like, uh, not only do I want that, I insist that you do that. I insist that you are completely honest with your subjective take on that cigar because we're not looking for people to pull their punches. We're looking for people to be honest. Right. And that was where I was like, okay, they're, they're running this transparently as as honestly and open and, and transparently as possible. I'm like, okay, that, that, that sealed the deal for me. I'm sorry, June. No, no, I was going to say Joe White also said Seth has the best palate in the industry on the media site. So you know, we had to bring <laughs> him in. You know, fun, Jose man. Blanco, by the way, Joe Jose White. Blanco. You know. Joe White, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey. I mean, I- any of you guys could could speak up for any uh, you know conversations that they've had with people in, in, the, in the industry, but I don't think we've ever really been um, uh, nasty in any of our reviews or anything like that. And we've given you know obviously I've given the low a bunch of the low scores. Seth's given low scores when you know when he really doesn't like something, but um, and people may say stuff behind our back, and we do get razzed on you know obviously publicly for our scores and especially me, but. Um, nobody's ever really taken me aside and said, Hey, you know, I didn't appreciate this or anything like that. I think, er I think when it comes down to it, most everybody understands that it's an opinion. And if, as long as you do it, uh, correctly and you're not, um, you know, being nasty or, or trying to take somebody down that, you know, it's just the opinion. They, they obviously that, you know, that one cigar can get high ratings from other reviewers and we we just didn't care for it, but at least I've never had that. And I don't think any of the other guys have, but they can speak up if somebody's pulled them aside and said, you know, that's bullshit. I don't know what you guys are doing. You know, that wasn't right or something like that. So I don't know. Michael Hercox nope. is a dick, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, I was, I was, I was, we I was no longer reviewing cigars. I, I was <laughs> no, actually going to say, win. Michael, because, because Mike, Michael's a good guy. And, and, you know, yeah, he, he kind of, you know, in good, in good nature, when we saw him at the uh, PCA last year, he's like, Oh, McTavish. Okay. You have the balls to come to my uh, booth. Okay. Yeah. I heard you. I heard you finally liked one of my cigars, man. What a, what an honor, but it's like, Michael is a good example of where like, he doesn't take it personally. He he's going to sell plenty of cigars. He's not having a problem selling cigars. He knows he makes good cigars and my subjective take on his cigar aside, that's just my opinion. And I'm just one guy. And he doesn't take it personally and he knows that I am an industry veteran. And, you know, I think it's that old saying of like, if somebody isn't busting your balls, they really don't respect you. Right. If Michael didn't bust my balls, I wouldn't know that he genuinely respects me and like can have that conversation because he would just hold his tongue, but he feels comfortable saying, 
oh fuck i can't believe you came back my by my booth and you hate my cigars like really nice to see you so you know i appreciate that i appreciate that give and take i um i mean it's it's one of the things that i've i've i absolutely have always loved about the dynamic that you guys all have is um and and even so you talk about the Aaron, you talk about the respect to the manufacturer and your you know your subjective opinion and, and John just expanded on that. But it's even in even in the group setting, even within the four of you, like you know, you know, Seth comes in with the 3.33 and you know, every, you know, John's you know at a six point five, and that's like a huge, that's a huge, that's a huge gap. And you know, Seth isn't, you know, you know, calling John a little bitch and John's not calling Seth a crybaby. You know, it's like Sometimes. it's it's <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, you know, as, as much fun as you guys have on the videos and stuff and, and everything like there's, there's no animosity between the, between the four of y'all when it comes to the actual, the actual ratings and stuff like that. It's just, it is very, it is very matter of fact. I, and I, and I can appreciate that, that you guys can completely disagree on something and it's just like, Oh, that's, that's, that's how we felt. That's it. That's, that's the end of the discussion where I think a lot yeah, of people, we, we rarely all agree on something like universe uh within the four of us we rarely agree right yeah we can usually be in like an area but like for us to like really you know there's a ballpark but for us to really be like dead on um but i think that's what's like fun is that you know i think if anyone who pays attention to us long enough you you get to have an idea of you know if you're smoking a cigar and, and you go look to see what you know we're reviewing it and you've paid attention to us, you probably have an idea of what our palates are versus how you smoke and you'll be able to see us. But I think the nice thing is that <clears throat> there's still those cigars that pop up that you wouldn't think that, you know, maybe John and I would be in line with, or June and I or Aaron and I would be in line with And Yeah. We're in line with it. And we just, we found something that we really liked about it. Um, and that's always fun. What, so here's here's my question. So I, I, we actually the cigar came up in the green room uh, when it was just Seth and John and I, and I was really surprised because of my own personal experience. And this so this is like a two part question of how close you guys were on the Rocky Patel sixty that y'all smoked. Hmm. Like y'all were in all in the fives. Like it was a really really tight score. To me, that cigar has been one of the most inconsistent cigar experiences that I've had in the last, I don't know, three to five years. I've had cigars, I've had Rocky Patel 60s that were fucking great. And I've had Rocky Patel 60s that were fucking not. And it was just, it's, it, it, as a smoker, it's really frustrating. Uh, And I know it is for you guys too, but like, like, have you, so to that point, like, have you ever had that, like, that, when you smoke it for review, you're like, shit, I know this is better, but I'm going to be honest and transparent to what my experience was at the time. Or likewise, you, you, you're like, man, this this cigar was incredible. And then you smoke it again. And it's like, it's not. I mean, June just just submitted review like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I literally just submitted a review yesterday. um, Of, uh, I mean, I could talk about it. I don't care. Um, it's the Tatuaje PCA um, release, the 2022 release, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I smoked that right when it hit the BNM, I think like four or five months ago here. It was fantastic. And me reviewing it last night, um, it was not. It was actually highly disappointing, especially to know that I bought a box of it. <laughs> so 
but you know, but it's completely understandable because I, when I think about that cigar, and I have to review it based upon at the point in time that I reviewed it, right? Uh, right. And I have to score it at that point. Uh, but I also do typically say in the review, well, the written or the video and or the video, uh, that if I've had a prior experience with it, um, I'll also add that to bid it. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think I had a similar experience, June. Was it the Paladin the Saka, Saka, um, which I'd smoked at the trade show and I was, and you know, you, your palate's kind of jacked up. And at the trade show, I was like, wow, this is like, this is really good. Like, this is one of those cigars where I've kind of put it on my calendar. Where I'm like, I, I'm looking forward to getting this. And then I got it. And the, the experience was not at all like the trade show. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I feel like an asshole because I got to review it based. And I did put it in my notes. I'm like, well, I don't know what's going on. I headed the trade show, which is normally a really poor environment. And I thought this was really good. But the review sample, well, not the sample, the, the review cigar that we bought just didn't live up to that. And then they had it another time and I was like, oh, this is really good again. So it happens. Like it just, you know, it, it's, um, it, it kind of speaks to the subjectivity of time and humidity and, you know, it just, it happens. Uh, never, what, also, never text, never text the manufacturers when you're smoking the cigar in the first third. You're like, no, hey, th- this is good. This and is the really second, good. Third and final third, <laughs> go to complete crap. And then when you submit the review, it's bad. They're like, I thought you told me it was goddamn good. And you're like, dude, if you looked at the photo, I just lit up the scar. I was like half an inch in, man. That half inch was good. The rest of it, not so much. What were you saying, Jim? Oh, I, I was going to say, I found it also really neat the way we do it because we have the four of us that live in, well, Aaron and I basically live in the same climate, um, like, you know, same climate, temp, humidity factors, et cetera, right? Smoking conditions, let's just say. Uh, whereas, like, you know, John and Seth I are in completely baby. different areas. Yeah. And then to also um, look at our scores from that perspective, I think that's really neat. Um, whereas, you know, other blogs, you may have, um, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily do it that way. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, the, um, I, I think it is, it is interesting too. Cause like, again, like to your point, June, like you guys do live in all, I mean, with the exception of you and Aaron, like you guys do have a really ge- geographically it, you know, it, you guys really have a, a wide, a wide range of like climates and things like that too that kind of that kind of play a that do obviously play a factor in that too because like, i i remember actually having this conversation with uh with uh one of seth's best friends justin andrews uh about about cigars tasting like and it wasn't his in particular i just happened to be talking to him and i was smoking a cigar and i was like man i normally enjoy this cigar but the route that this cigar this particular cigar took to get to me was very unconventional it went to it went went from obviously the manufacturer to a retailer uh to to basically to another retailer and then to me and and it was not consistent at all with like my normal experience with it and it was just really really odd um and he said well if you think about it it's like like all that travel the different climates you know, 
like that that plays a factor in it and and i was like man i, I just never even i mean and i let the cigar rest too it's not like i just smoked it out of the you know out of the ups package it was just it was just it was really bizarre to me but yeah i mean ge- ge- geography this place are really you know plays a part in it for sure you know it's, it's almost like the you know anybody could talk about how they weight their scale and numerical you know components that come into the final score but this is almost like uh the review within the review right um understanding climate like what time you smoke what did you eat prior you know hopefully you're only drinking something that's neutral you're not fucking drinking diet coke and reading cigars <laughs> um you know, so all of these things are they, they play a factor. Um and why I think it's really talked coop, about, man? but it's really important. Why do you have to bring down coop? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, listen, we bring in we bring in the factors of humidity and altitude and moisture and temperature and geographical location. I th- that's something we, we try and capture on. It's just you know, your cigar will smoke not just great in, in the San Francisco Bay, but also in the tundra of Calgary and the humidity of the southeast united states and that's that's a selling factor on, on every cigar <clears throat> so as i like to say I'm, I'm smoking the best environment i've smoked in in my 11 years in the industry so if your cigar is not performing in my custom-built lounge bro i don't know what to tell you like it's it, it's it's as good as it's gonna get up here and if you struggle that's that's not on me honestly it's not on me um Wanted to take a quick break Small here flex. before we uh, before we start going into uh, some additional uh, additional pieces here, and I, I, I rate my second third here. Uh, this is the uh, time of the night where we do the uh, United Cigar Presidential Trivia segment. So it is brought to you mm. by United Cigars, uh, featuring La Giana Havana distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united so this is multiple choice and i thought in the spirit of uh some of the, i i find you guys to be some of the funniest people in the cigar industry too which is uh you know people might not think of it as that way uh, i think you all have amazing sense of amazing senses of humor um um i don't get this bear we're gonna burn the white house down again i'm just saying <laughs> uh, this, <laughs> uh the, but i thought this would uh this would be funny i I, I always go back to this guy. He's probably one of the most interesting presidents that we've ever had. He's definitely by far the one most entertaining. He's also one of the most controversial. It's Andrew Jackson. Um, but Andrew Jackson loved leather britches. So what are leather britches? Are they A, his favorite trousers? B, the name of his favorite horse? C, a dish of dried green beans cooked in water and bacon? Or D, his endearing nickname for his lovely wife, Rachel? He loved leather britches. Who wants to take the first stab? <coughs> not as, uh, it's not as horse. Wait, what are the I, options? I, horse, I'm, I'm going to say, say C, the beans and bacon, because it's just weird enough to be true. The food dish. Yeah. Food dish. Okay. That's, that seems like, he, he's, where was Andrew Jackson from? He's from the no, South. He's from the South. Yeah, he's the South. Yeah, it seems I mean, like it a Southern... Be... I mean, yeah, but it would be a greens thing. I mean, the getting cooking with bacon. I gosh, if if he really called it, I, it's got to be his wife, man. I'm telling yeah, you, that's his I wife. I would think his wife. Yeah, his wife. Yeah. All right. Well, so Aaron says it. his wife. Aaron, uh, Seth's final answer is the wife. Johnny, still sticking with the green beans or? Yeah, I'm go green beans. All right, June. What about you? Uh, wife. Okay. 
The Canadian, man. The Canadian's got it. It's a dish of dried green beans cooked in water and bacon. Yeah. I just don't understand the name and how it references food. Yeah. um, The bacon, the bacon, bacon probably is like leather straps. Yeah. Essentially when it's, when it's cooked down and everything, basically, Hmm. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it resembles green, green leather, or green pants. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, I smoke um, cigars and I know things. I mean, listen, it's a southern thing. We do some fucked up <laughs> shit, man. That, well, that's that's why I asked where he's from because I'm like, if he's from the south, that is totally on brand for the south. You know, it's, you know so much shit about American history, yeah, John. It's just like it's, a, like, just it's like incredible. The, just like the it's trivia weird. we did, well, you know, U.S. John yeah. Wins. Who did we do yeah, yeah, yeah. the South? Because yes, I also have to understand like collard greens are more, you know, you get the greens right. and you'll cook those with bourbon and bacon and yeah. you know, pork butt and, and so forth. Like oh yeah. I, I just yeah, want to I just want to give props. Right. I just want to give props to Jonathan because he kicked my ass on the Canadian trivia. He did. He kicked my ass in the Canadian trivia, and I I ended up whooping him on the on the American trivia. So it was it was a good exchange actually. Nice. Well, to uh, well, it's not his wife, though, man. That'd be sweet if that's how he that referred to his wife. Yeah, I threw that in there. I thought you guys would. I thought I thought I'd throw y'all off. I didn't know y'all would pick it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Canada, uh, they, it's it's widely rumored like that Chester Arthur was Canadian. He wasn't actually American, so he was the first <laughs> Canadian to become president. His favorite dish. This is like you'll, you'll appreciate. This was Rhode Island eel. That was his favorite dish. Oh. So. Um, you know, a- I've had I had baby eel before um, when I was in Cuba, and the the visual was a little off putting, but it was fantastic. I kind of liken it to the uh, texture was like vermicelli noodles, like like Vietnamese vermicelli noodles, um, and it had like some saltiness or whatever. But it was it was really good, and that was that that was legitimately the first time I ever had eel, and I'm like, how do you eel? That's good. I wonder how like eel would like because you have like. There you have Caribbean, you have right. you know Caribbean salio. Then you have Rhode Island, which is like that oh New England God. English freshwater eel. That shit's nastier, man. I bet the Japanese eat a ton of eel. It's a uh, it's, it's yeah, but that's like called the unagi. Like, yeah, you but that's like, like unagi, salt water. Right. Like, oh yeah, you like do salt unagi all the time. What am I talking about? No, exactly. Love unagi, unagi sushi, baby. Not not up, uh, not up, Mister Loomis's. Uh, Ali, no. but I will eat all the sushi you won't touch because yeah, I don't even want to get it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like Mikey, man. Aaron doesn't eat Mikey. anything out of the water. I uh, pickled herring was uh, was uh, one of mm. Grover Cleveland's there favorite dishes, and I lo- I love pickled herring. I love oh, speaking of seafood, I love it. Okay. I'll, I'll tear it up. Yummy. I'll devour that stuff. With some collard greens. Why not? As long as they're cooked well. Yeah, when collard mm-hmm. greens are like to Seth's point, when collard greens are done po- poorly, they're they're bad. They're really yeah. bad. Um, love but, love some collard greens, man. Listen, that chicken joint in Vegas does a hell of hell of a good collard greens and chicken. Don't talk about that chicken joint and that and the Venetian, the fake <laughs> yeah, southern yeah, place. Yeah. Don't fucking talk about that southern place. That's not <laughs> the damn southern. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong; it's pretty tasty, but it's good. But that ain't southern. Awesome. Well, that was our presidential trivia segment, which is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Brandero, Groflo, Firecracker, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. So smoke one today 
and start living united and pay close attention on starting on june 14th yeah that's flag day here in this country between flag day and our independence day on july 4th it's exactly 20 days which is exactly how many cigars are in a united cigar box we'll be smoking 20 days of united cigars to celebrate uh those two wonderful holidays of our nation's uh nation's uh pride and uh and everything so it'll be fantastic so pay attention to that that's coming down the road here in a couple months and we're really excited to to kick that off so um quick, quick question for me bear sure flag day what is why the is the date historical like why was that date picked for flag day i'm not sure why it was uh, that's a really good question john it also shares it also shares uh in the it's the birthday of the united states army as well oh, okay that's cool believe it or not so um the uh I'm not sure why it was picked for Flag Day. I think it probably probably is when that that was the day when it was actually we actually commissioned a flag. Uh, if, if I had to, but uh, surprisingly, I don't know that. I just know it shares the birthday with the United States Army, which is, and it's exactly 20 days from our, you know, our nation's Independence Day, which is so it kind of makes it perfect. I asked Oliver once if I, you know when I started talking to him about this, and I said, "Is it was it intentional? 20 cigars and." united and he's like no just brilliant coincidence bear thanks for picking that up so <laughs> uh so it works it's gonna work so uh really excited to smoke 20 days of uh, united cigars and and uh, celebrate those those two holidays for our country so um uh-huh. this uh next part of the show we uh, is something that uh um i believe is new to you john seth you've participated here and you've you've heard about it as well it's our our charity segment that we uh that we started couple years ago and uh each week we we ask uh, our guests to bring a nonprofit or charity of their choosing that they want to talk about and share and um i was really excited when aaron shared what you guys decided to uh to feature tonight um just because i it's it's something that hasn't really come up and this institution in particular has a really unique history as i as i'm a big history person so there's some prehistorical people tied to this to this uh, to this nonprofit, you guys chose the chose the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center uh, as this week's nonprofit. So, um, Aaron, I'll, uh, if 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 you don't mind, I'd like to give you the floor here and talk about why uh, why you guys uh, selected this uh, this nonprofit to to feature tonight. Uh, yeah, so for for me personally, um, I've had family members that have um, had cancer and have you know kind of lost that battle. Um, I believe John as well, and you know maybe June and Seth. But I think we've all had some sort of uh, close uh, effect from from cancer. Um, just something that um, we felt like we would like like to support that. Um, you know, finding treatments or cures for that um, type of thing to um, help make people's lives better if they you know if they have cancer or um, to prevent it uh, in the future um, or to cure themselves uh, from that. So uh, we thought it was a worthwhile. Charity. John, did you want to add to that or? Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually talked about this uh, on a show, but I lost my birth dad when I was 15 years old to cancer. Um, so that was, you know, a long time ago because I'm an old guy now. And uh, also lost my mom to cancer a year and a half ago. So, uh, you know, uh, it's it's obviously near and dear to my heart. And I think, you know, Things have gotten better for cancer. I think the, the survivability rate's better. And I, you know, I, I think that's directly tied to the amount of money that's been raised for cancer research over the years is that more and more people are being able to survive cancer. Um, so yeah, when when we talked about it, I was like, that's a no-brainer for me. So you've uh Aaron, I didn't want to boards in your mouth. You've actually had people that have gone to to Sloan Kettering or 
No, they have not gone there, but um, I just, based on the kind of the history of the organization and kind of, you know, uh, they're one of the charities that the most amount of money goes to the actual um, research uh, for it from, you know, from that, that's a, that's a big thing uh, for me is, you know, finding charities that actually the majority of your money goes to that. It doesn't go to the, to the organization or, or, you know, all the kind of stuff that goes on behind the scenes kind of a thing like that. That's where the majority of the money goes. So I thought that was a good focus for it. Check out these numbers. This is, this is fantastic stuff. Okay. So over 1400 attending physicians in 2021, so this is going back a couple of years, but over 1,400 physicians in 2021, over 4,000 nurses, over 24,000 inpatient stays, 732,000 and change outpatient visits. That's a lot of people getting care from this place. I mean, that's that's yeah. insane. That's insane. Um, I I when you we I actually know about the foundation just from the historical point people that are tied to it. John Jacob Astor was the original founder of the hospital memorial. Um, it, 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 the, the entity combined, like, I believe it was, I don't know, something like 70 years ago when a couple of executives and everything, but like the original groundwork for the, the building itself was John D Rockefeller involved, was involved mm-hmm. with that. So like, like historically, like this is a, like some of the, our nation's richest and most, you know, like well-known people have been involved with this organization from the very beginning. And the fact that it's yeah. been around since the late 1800s. And and to your point, Aaron, what I love about that is like for all the crap that a lot of, you know, rich people get, you know, this, this is, this entity is still giving an overwhelming majority of, to the actual research itself and trying to, yeah, exactly. to make things better, which is just, it's great. It's a great organization. So um, I'll have it in the show notes and uh, you guys can check it out as well. I'll post it here in the chat here. Uh, if you feel so called, there's a donate now button in the right-hand corner and uh, feel free to give. And it's um, later tonight, guys, I'm, I'm going to be uh, donating a small sum in, in, in all four of y'all's honor. So thank you so much oh, for appreciate bringing that. Today. Thank you, Bear. Appreciate that, Bear. Thank you. So um, actually, if, uh, if John, if you wouldn't mind sending me a message later, just send me your dad and mother's names and I'll, I'll actually put it in their, in their memory as well. Thank so, you, brother. Um, but uh, coming back to uh, coming back to just a couple of things about the industry and everything. So I, I think this topic is, it, it's a little tired, but I think it, it's a little, it's still pretty relevant considering what we've been talking about tonight, which is the, the, the concepts and constructive uh, process of reviewing cigars. And I've noticed this in y'all's scores too, especially this is going to come up later when I pull up some high scores from you guys, but have, are we all in agreement? And if someone isn't, I feel like we are, but if we're, are we all in agreement that the, that the quality of cigars has gone in terms of new releases has gone down over the past five years? Um, or would you say it's stayed the same or would you say it's gone up? I feel like it's gone down. I feel like that's not a, I don't think I'm, it's not a revolutionary thought. I think we're all in agreement here. Am, am I right? Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. There might be a slight uptick this year. Um, it could just be the, our selection so far this year, but I think there's been a little bit of an uptick this year, but uh, pre- previous to that, I would say it's been a, yeah, it's been a down year, year over year going forward. Yeah, and I, I would say that um, it's always been our goal as much as possible to get the widest sort of representation of the market as possible every year. But 
ideally we'd love to smoke everything that's released that year, but it's an impossibility. There's not enough year, uh, days in the year to do that. So, you know, we do try to cast the widest net. We do try to get uh, as many of those in the review as possible. So, you know, I don't think statistically it's necessarily uh, a true fair representation, but I think we've smoked enough cigars now over the years to say it's definitely been a downturn. And I think there's legitimate reasons for that. And I think if you talk to, you know, industry leaders and manufacturers, it's, it's pretty well understood to why those reasons are, are behind that. There's legitimate reasons behind that. What, what, what do you think those legitimate reasons are? Well, I mean, the big, the biggest thing is, you know, we came out of a pandemic, so there's, uh, there's major upheavals in, um, in uh, employment at factories. So that was a, that was a big factor of production. So production was down and then production had to ramp up at a time when, you know, people weren't necessarily consistent at factories. There's been a a changeover at a number of factories in terms of historical employees that have been there for a very long time. There's kind of a changing the guard with uh, perhaps some people retiring and some people moving on to other industries or or leaving some of the countries entirely to, to sort of form new lives. Um, Availability of tobacco is down. So uh, some companies who were able to get certain tobaccos couldn't get those tobaccos anymore. And I think as production production ramps up, uh, it's that kind of great evil of you're always fighting against quality, right? You, you're trying to fight that sort of right, um, that right balance between great production numbers while maintaining quality. And that's always you know, they always say the quality guy is the most hated guy in the factory because his job is to come in and poo-poo on everybody. Um, so you're always kind of fighting that balance. And uh, I think, you know, certainly through 2020 and 2021, uh, well, in 2022, really, we we definitely saw a significant measurable objective downturn in terms of uh, burn quality, draw quality, and overall construction quality. I think that absolutely has an impact on on the final product june and seth i want to bring you guys back in on this because there, there, there's a there's a cigar that comes up quite a bit uh and a company that comes up quite a bit it, when you guys are reviewing some of this company's cigars and even like when you're not reviewing this company's cigars you guys have had kind of a special place in your heart for like when you're talking about a value cigar i feel like the Luzione rothschild comes up quite a bit you know discussion like it's the i, I feel like that's the bar and so so often like things don't hit that bar or cigars that are like more expensive and you're like shit i'd rather smoke a louisiana rothschild like that comes up quite a bit like um but you know and you and i know seth uh, june you talk about the original documents quite a bit just like the like the old school stuff and i mean when you see what cigars were at, at like and how they've how they've changed i've said drop off i don't want to put words in y'all's mouth but like the, the the change and everything like does that is that is that frustrating for you or like what how, again going back to the grind and everything like how does that how does that not affect you or does it affect you when as, as you kind of guys are pers- keep pursuing this uh you know this this uh this pastime i suppose you know i mean i i think Aaron did it you know, Aaron's right that there was a little bit of an uptick, I think, so far, just early this year. Um, I know that we have, like, looked at, you know, we've always referenced losing on Rothschild just because of the price. Um, and I think we have, you know, kind of referenced Luzione. I, 
I, I say that because I think recently we've been kind of against them just because, you know, Todd said we think has, has been really downhill. Um, but, you know, for a while, I just think that it, it was such a solid smoke for just, you know, the Rothschild that is for, for the price that is really hard. You know, there comes a point that depending on your time, you know, why would you spend more on a cigar when you can get a quality experience for, for what it is, if, if that's what you're looking for. Um, but, you know, at the same time with us, when, when, when you're smoking so many new things that, you know, we don't always get back down to touch, you know, touch base with cigars that we really like and so forth like that. But it's, you know, Rothschild's is an easy one to turn to when you want to smoke something you have for a while and you don't have that much time and you want something good. Tune, why do you, yeah. Why do you think, what do you think has happened to like, let, let, I mean, not to pick on them, but like I had Fred on last week, like, and I, and I know that there's been, you know, this has been kind of like, debated on, on y'all's on y'all's side at least. And, and for what it's worth, I, I agree to some ex- certain extents with some of the, the newer stuff or some of the more limited things. Like I remember like the Piv Robusta, for example, when I, I smoked that, when it first hit the shelf and it was really good. Uh, and then it just, you know, age was not kind to that thing. Even in the short term, it just didn't seem, it, it just didn't perform like it did originally. I mean, what do you think? Um, Cause I know you're, you, you've been a fan of them. Like, what do you think has contributed to their, their inconsistency of late? Uh, tobacco <laughs> um you know i i just um probably make sure of because you know i i, I think i boil down to in, in large part tobacco because i for instance i think about dion right dion has been there for many many years um years in which i thought agonorsa tobacco was since agonorsa cigars are really good um but even illusioni stuff i felt like is the biggest disappointment to fall off um so yeah, it's you know I I I don't know the inner workings of everything that goes on at Agonorsa. Um, not preview to that, uh, but my taste buds tell me that the tobacco just tastes so much more um, like astringent and kind of you know uh, rushed within the last few years. Um, I, was, I was actually when you were talking a little bit earlier, I was looking through our cigar of the year list. And the last good one that I found was back in 2019. And uh, my number one was the Singular um, Seven Horns. And that was, I guess, last of the good Agadorsa um, that happened for me anyways. So, yeah, it's got to be tobacco. It's got to, you know, it's, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Has it been that yeah, long? Because I, I remember listening to you guys talk in, you, I, the, in your top 25 list, and it seemed like the top five was always flooded with with an illusione for you guys personally, especially you. Like it's yeah. been that long. That's crazy. Last good one was 2019. That was when they came out with that singular. They came up with the, I think the ECCJ limited edition one, right? Um, yeah, it didn't seem that long ago, huh? But I guess through the COVID years, it just everything just kind of fast forwarded. Um, you know. Seth, what do you think? I mean, aside from me saying tobacco, I mean, there's got to be some blending changes that's going on. That's do you think it's the passing and... of Ramos? You know, the firm. I mean, the 
the fermentation. Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I yeah, I'm I mean, 100% there's gotta board be. Of that. Yeah, you know. in the industry, man. What do you think, Bear? Do you think for for your how, how long have you been smoking Agadorsa stuff for? Like before how many yeah, years? A, d- a decade plus. Yeah. Decade, yeah. So what what do you think now? Stuff compared to? Oh yeah, I mean know. yeah, it was it was vastly superior um, before. I think. I mean across like all brands and uh, you know whether it's Ag- Agadorsa brand and stuff or or not. Um, I think the. Um, I mean, the, the, I think the apart from I, I really, I, I really think it's it's the departure of Ramos. I think that really hit the company a lot harder than than, than people would like to admit. Um, mm. And as good as as Dion's palate is, and brilliant for that matter, um, you know, he also has to work with what he has, to, you know, what he has at his disposal too, which is I'm sure frustrating. You know, it, you know, if you in a private moment, he would probably find it pretty frustrating. Um, or not, but I, but on a, on a different take, but in, in a similar vein, I think one of their, I, I think one of their biggest, I guess you could call it an error on judgment. It, 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 it hasn't hit my palate and it just doesn't seem to have taken off the way that they wanted to, but is this, this shade grown Corojo Maduro that they've tried to, to, to really kind of put at the forefront. It's, it, it's, it's, that was it's a disaster years ago. Yeah, but I mean, it was a really unique concept, and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool." But like, the Guardian of the Farm, the original one, was I thought I, I'll still smoke that. I still think that that's still good. I'll still smoke those, and I find those pretty consistent, and I enjoy that. But the Night Watch was such a such a disappointment for me personally. Um, that I mean, I I just don't know. I just don't know what they were going for, and I'm when they were like when they were smoking it and making it like i like whose palette is this for like it it just it just does not work for me um and i just don't know where it kind of fits in the spectrums so to speak and it so i and i know they've invested a lot in that project obviously because they keep coming out with iterations of it and using it uh that i just don't know if it works or not and for me it doesn't i know that that much so I, I don't know if that that's did you ask Fred by any chance what he thought? Did you bring this topic up to him? Um, I did. Uh, I mean, he, I, I mean, he, uh, I mean, he still thinks that there's, I mean, that there's nothing in the portfolio that's that's a miss. And I, I would think it, from a high level view, I, I, you know, I agreed with him that there's a that's, there's a really nice spectrum of stuff. Um, the, um, in in recent years, I mean, I haven't spoke to a lot of the. The I, I I was remiss. I did not bring up the Piv Robusto inconsistency to him, um, but there just seems to be a lot of limited stuff that I just really haven't I haven't been able to either a get my hands on or if I have it 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 was okay. It was you know it was average. It wasn't terrible. They weren't like dog rockets or anything like that. It wasn't anything egregious to me. But I I ha- I have noticed like from the Agonorsa side, I've smoked more. I would say that I've smoked more of that of that than Illusioni, and I've. I've noticed that it just hasn't it the stuff just hasn't hit been hitting me. And even the old stuff mm-hmm. doesn't just doesn't smoke like it used to for me, for me personally. Yeah. You know, I, I mean and I thought I I thought that, you know, and and I'll admit that there was a while where I was very vocal about how unhappy I was with how like my father was smoking. Um and even with Tatuaje. Um 
and and I'll be the first to say that I think they've turned it around in these past couple of years. Um, and, and I think that they've they've gotten a better hand on their own tobacco, and they're able to 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 improve the blends to the level at which they were from years ago. Um, but I, the, the concern I have, I guess, with my father, it's one of these things. Like, okay, they have shown it, um, and it's just you want. You know, can Topsa turn it around? And that's where I have a concern because it just doesn't, I, you know, at, at least at my father, you can see who the people are there and you have an understanding of, okay, there is some commitment to it still. But at Topsa, it just, there's, you know, Dion, Dion's not Aganorsa, Dion's Luzioni. So there's, there's limited, you know, what he can do and he's got to worry about his own stuff. And I think that Aganorsa has got to, turn things around to improve quickly. Yeah. I mean, seeing, seeing Dion explore a blend with AJ it, to me is pretty telling. Like there's something he has to look outside for. Um, now once, once right, we did talk about that, that, it's the tobacco specifically. Yeah. So. And that's, and that's, I think that might be part of the overall problem in the industry is that you have, I, and this is just me from the outside taking a guess is that you have people that are hoarding tobacco, right? And that getting certain tobaccos, you have to go to somebody. And if you have to produce it there as well, you're you're almost losing some of the DNA of what made your brand what it was by giving it to kind of somebody else. Like, yeah, you can go in there and you could sample what you want to sample and you could put something together, but the DNA of that factory that you're at is still going to be in that cigar. Now, do you lose a bit of what you're your own history was and you know what does that look like so once we smoke that blend i think we'll see what comes out of it but um i thought it was pretty pretty telling that he he's exploring something else i wish it wasn't there i wish it was somewhere else or you know i wish he could find a home where he can do what he really wants to do and what he was doing previously because i missed that and i want that to happen again but we'll have to see if that actually can be achieved or not Cause I know you've been hiring him too. And when I heard he was going for the Habano, I knew he was going to, when I heard he was going to AJ, Aaron, my heart, my heart hurt for you. Cause I know what that means for you. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of stuff that comes from out of AJ. I mean, there's, there might be something, you know, something here or there that I can enjoy, but for the most part, it's not, it's not blends I enjoy. So, you know, I I'm as always, I'm going to smoke it and I'm going to give it its fair shake. Cause I want it to be good. Like yeah. I want every cigar to be good, but you know, we'll have to see how it actually turns out. You're not the only one to fit, you know, Ben, Ben Lee's like that too. Ben Lee's not an AJ fan uh, as well. And I yeah. know June, June's the same way. He, uh, not particularly, you know, June, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I, I've, I've heard you say that yeah. too. And AJ cigars taste really good at Nicar in Nicaragua, uh, <laughs> outside of Nicaragua. Didn't know, not so much. And, and, and see, like, I think this is where it's different. Like I, and I enjoy a lot of AJ cigars. I've made this joke for years. I like a lot of AJ cigars that, that he doesn't make for himself. Right. Um, I like mm. some of the stuff he's yeah. doing for Espinosa. I like a lot of the stuff that he does for Alta Altadas. Uh, I like some of the stuff that he makes like for himself. I'm just like, okay, cool. Like it, it just doesn't, it doesn't really hit for me for the most part. Uh, I mean, there was a time when Southern draw was coming out with the, some of the best blends that, had been made out of, out of, in my opinion, out of AJ's factory. So, you know, I think the range of tobacco is there. And to your point, 
you know, I think we've, seen, I mean, there has been like the last call and the, um, last call was, was a big standout. The Bayes artist was, was yeah. a big standout, but I love the Bayes for the most part, um, most of the sort of standout, you know, when we talk about the DP scale, like most of the stuff that comes out of there is a solid five, six, five with, you know, it's perfect construction, but the tobacco just isn't that dynamic, but you, you know, some of Nick's stuff and you're like, what factor is this coming out of AJ's? What? Okay. I mean, it doesn't taste like anything else that's coming out of AJ's factory, but you know, that's, I think the influence of someone who's able to go in there and work with AJ and say, look, I want to use these tobaccos and I'm sure there's a lot of negotiations because he's got a lot of tobacco, but he probably wants to keep some tobacco for himself. And some people have been able to blend some real gems with what he's got available for. for Was that one that we like? The desert rose, the desert rose was one of John's high, high, highest rated cigars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, oh, it was man. a recent, was a recent AJ. What was that recent one we, you guys you remember? This is we just talked about the it. High clear, the High Clear Castle one. High, no. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. The new High Clear Castle. The Senator, as Nick likes to say. The Senator. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I like a lot. I like a lot of his stuff. It's just and but I've heard you know like a couple of y'all say it, and and Ben says it too. Like that, it just doesn't hit for them. And I think again, that's that's the whole point of what we're kind of talking about tonight is just to help how things hit palates differently and everything. The, uh, um, you know the I I do love some of the dynamics that you guys bring on the video. I think, like I said, I think, and I've told Aaron this uh, countless times. It's it is the most binge worthy content in the cigar media is, is the reviews you guys do like we're talking five to 11 minutes and like i'll i'll start one and it's like fucking three hours later and i've gone through like you know 10 reviews like it's like i get lost in it it's so it's it's some of the, it's some of the great stuff it's like great stuff and i love there's a lot of stuff that's really consistent from review to review and i know it, you guys record them all at once right and like you guys just release them throughout the week is that is that how you guys we do, do it? it in batches? In yeah, batches. we'll do like four, to, four to six in a batch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I noticed that because there was there was a there was two that were connected, and John was like starting a thought about the New York Jets, and he was like finishing it on the intro on the following one. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was like, wait, did this happen the same day? And I think it, it took me a while to figure out that you guys do it. Like, I was like, man, this is a pretty cool time commitment. They sit down for like six minutes at a time and just like rock these out like every <laughs> once in a while. Um, but, um. The, the style of it, like, so, I mean, how long have you guys been doing the video portion of it, Aaron, and, and rolling it out on, 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 on podcast? Feeds? We did it from the first review. From the first one? That was, that was, I need to go that back. was in the, in the initial plan. Uh, yeah. 20, my 30. father, H2K. Yep. Connecticut or something, right? Yep. What a way to yeah. start. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was back when Seth really liked my father's stuff. Um, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh full circle the uh i i need to go back to this i've been i think i've been listening since consistently since like 2018 um oh. and i'll do them like i'll do them in batches too that, that that's the way i like to listen just because it ends up going that way but um there there's there's little idiosyncrasies that i pick up from you guys that i think are are really cool um i think and that they, they make each of y'all's unique personality you know make it make the entertainment for what it is um 
and I know you guys, you know, it like it can get mundane and everything, but you guys shake it up with different different discussion points and everything. Do you guys ever worry about it becoming, especially with the way that we were talking about how cigars have kind of dragged over the most part? Like, do you ever feel like it's ever be, that it it becomes too predictable, or or do you guys think you change it up enough to where it 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 stays fresh and you guys feel like it's fresh? Because I do. I mean, for what it's worth, but just thought. Yeah, I mean, people have, you know, people make comments on the videos and say what, you know, what things they like, what things they don't like. So I'm sure that, you know, it probably can get dried as some people over time. And I think that's just the way it works if you keep the same kind of formula all the time. But um, I think at the time we're okay with it. Um, I mean, we're always open to ideas and we talk internally about, you know, changes that we want to make and things of that nature. But at, at, the, at the moment, I think it's okay. Um, but, you know our scoring is predictable pretty much based on, you know, the history of what we like and what we don't like and things like that. I mean, I would think people that follow quite a bit would be able to get a sense of whether they think if they've smoked something and smoked something previously that we, they saw a review of, they can get a sense of what we're going to think, but you know, it, it, what, what you smoke one day could be completely different than what you smoked the day before. So, you know, there's always that, that chance that something happens, but, um, I'm probably the most predictable in regards to, you know, what, what my thoughts are going to be, but the other guys are, you know, kind of all over the map in regards to, you know, where they like things, where they don't like things. So um, my, my, I get my heart yeah. broken by you so many, so many times there. And I'm like, this is the one, this is the <laughs> one that he's going to really like, and it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, I finally found the Aaron cigar that, that, that he's going to enjoy. And, and then, and, and then I get my heart broken. The Monte Cristo 1935 was probably the worst one. I think, I think it was a high yeah. four for you. And I was like, God damn it. I thought yeah, for I mean, sure this was going to break six. I, was, I know, but I was like, it's, <laughs> I really like it. I was like, this I mean, is the one me, that breaks it. For me, um, and I, you know, I don't, I don't plan it this way, but it just seems to be the way it works out. And I, I actually like that it works out this way. Is that like over the course of a year, when I get to the end of the year, there's going to be like five or six cigars that I'm high on, like the ones that I would smoke again. And I think that's okay. Cause if you take, if you look at it over time and you're like, okay, 10 years of reviews he likes five or six a year over time like that works out like these are this is the these are the 50 or 60 cigars over the last decade that i would want to smoke again like that's i think that's okay like if if you look at how many you know if you count over those 10 years how many new cigar releases have come out like there's no chance that you're going to go back to 400 cigars over that span and smoke those you know again so pick the ones you really really like and say these are the ones i'll say this is approved by me. I will, I want to come back to this. So that's kind of how I look at it, I guess. Cool. I'm willing to the last third of this cigar. I thought I'd go ahead and do the second third here. So um, uh, the second third of this, uh, the, the Tatawai Drac Redux is a lot more, a lot more balanced. A lot, there's a lot of richness to it. Uh, there's some really deep caramel sweetness that's going on with it. Some really nice toastiness, uh, some real uh, kind of espresso notes that kind of, bounce out of course the pepper is is present that nicaraguan tobacco but it's not like overpowering to the palate the retro hell has become a little bit more um lingering on the palate there's a it's a but it's a it's a medium finish it's not super long but it's not super short as well uh the burn and draw have really stayed consistent throughout it uh i did have a touch up but it's in the line last third uh just it was starting to go out a little bit so i i I put a little bit of flame to it here in the final third, which I'll get into the final third of it. But for the second third for me, I really enjoyed it. I I rated the first third good. Um, I don't think there was, I think it was a much more enjoyable third for me in the second third. 
I, I don't think it's enough for me to take it up to a, a complete degree of saying it was very good. So I'm going to stay stay with good in the second third, and then I'll give you guys my my thoughts okay. in the last third here. So, um, but uh, um, but going into that, so like one of uh, one of the things that I've found in when you guys are doing reviews and everything is, um you know, for the most part, like there, I know that I know, I know enough about your tendencies, like where it's really, it's really surprising. Like, you, like you said, it was an AJ cigar. I know that you're, you and June are probably not going to be as high on it. If it's Davidoff, you know, there's a good chance that Seth might enjoy it. And sometimes, and unless it's recently, unfortunately, but uh, with a couple of them, but um, with, but taking uh, Seth, I want to get your take on it, but I want to get your colleagues at, the take on it first so it's pretty extreme uh and i love it i love it for what it's worth but man there it's either it's like the it's either really really high or he just fucking burns the countryside down if it's just really terrible and everything and so there is i mean not to say that he's not in the middle sometimes but like when you have I, i'd say he's got a much wider range than the the other the other three of y'all i mean does that does that ever throw you guys off or i mean are you, do you guys enjoy it as much as as much as i do because i think it's awesome i'll let the other guys go first <laughs> no i love i love that he flexes the range because that's that's kind of the whole point of the range right like i like that he is able to go to the low end and go to the high end because that's kind of the whole point of the scale is like, he's not afraid to say it's, it's a sub four cigar, right? Which, you know, that's like I said, there's no equivalent in the hundred point scale because nobody's throwing out that. I don't even know what that would be in the hundred point scale, the fifties and the sixties, but you know, Seth's happy to do that. He's like, look this, you know, and, and he said, look, would you call this an honest effort? I wouldn't call this an honest effort. And it, and he'll, and he'll say it straight up on the review. I appreciate that. I think the I think the Edge tenth uh, or twentieth anniversary was uh, was Aaron's revenge on Seth when uh, when Aaron when uh, Aaron gave like a three point three five to the punch uh, knuckle buster Habano and and Seth gave it like a high seven or a low eight. And Dude, then, I committed to that. I committed to that. I committed uh, to that. Smile, man. And, I had to keep my head down for a while. But I committed to it. And, and, and Aaron didn't. Now let's let's be frank. I mean, Aaron didn't give the edge a, a seven or anything. But I mean, it was a, it was a decently high score. It was like in the high fives. Like it, it was, yeah. you know. Um, and and Seth just, I mean, ripped that thing to shreds. Man, three point three three. I mean, that was. That was the most recent one that I, I mean, I just got a huge kick out of it because I was like, holy shit, man. I got I got a little irritated after that too. I, I got really committed. I mean, when you look at the edge, we've been, all of us have been smoking cigars for a long time. And when you look at the edge, and I guess I'll put it like this, and this is what I'll say is when we first started smoking cigars a long time, Rocky was about making cigars for the everyday cigar smoker. He was about making affordable, good smokes. And he was the outsider. And he was making cigars for the other outsiders. And the edge was one of those sticks, man. It was one of those, listen, it's not going to be pricey. It's not going to be fancy, but it's a good cigar. And to keep it even better pricing, I'm going to put it in a huge, you know, 100 count tray thing. 
which you know you had to pry open with a nail with a with a hammer, and then you had the lid, and then you had customers probably poking their fingers on the nails. I mean, you had disasters everywhere. And then you create the Edge twentieth anniversary. And, and to me, I don't know that when you go to create something which was what it was. I don't know what the whole point of making it something special is. And and it was almost as if Rocky, in my opinion, got stuck in what he's doing right now and making some of these more, I'd say super premium or premium releases rather than, well, not, I, I wouldn't want to say not premium because it's premium cigars, but I think more super premium with like Rocky white label and some of these other releases that to turn something like the edge which I don't think even probably smoked as well as current edges and then make it this 20th anniversary and more expensive. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? Like this just, it's an insult to the people who used to smoke the edge in my opinion. And that's what will kill your overall <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> I think you're muted, Bear. Jim can share his thoughts. Huh. Can you guys yeah, hear me? Okay? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm out there for a second. I think I think Rock. I know exactly what Rocky's trying to do. He like uh, to your point, Seth. I think he's trying to get into this the super premiums like uh, yeah space. And, Which I and, get it. I, I respect it. But, but you know, you don't need to. You don't need do to bring edge. edge into that. Yeah. But why do why do it with the edge? You don't even need to do it with the edge. It's it's yeah. it's almost like. Uh, it, Leave the edge be. You know, it's if if Dion released a Luzion Rothschild 10th anniversary <laughs> for 25 bucks. I was gonna say $24. Yeah. And let's say he made a different Vitola. I, I I would honestly and he and he brought it up to me, I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what are you thinking? Like that that is not the point of it. Like, what are you trying to tell your guys? Like, hey, I know you smoked a Luzio and Rothschild for a really long time, and they're really like five bucks, and they're really great sticks. But now you need to go smoke this one. That's twenty four dollars or whatever it is, and it's bigger, and it's not even like that. And I think that's what Rocky did. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? So on that th thought, and this actually, it's like Jay's reading my mind. He's in the chat. What did you guys think about? Because I know you guys were high on. Uh, well, some of you guys were high on the the this uh the libeju uh 10th anniversary and with my father but Phenomenal. what about the florida salon florida florida les antilles mm. original is ten dollars <laughs> and then the anniversary did is, that get released it has not it has not published it's oh. like it's been the next i'm getting bad service bear was in the green room for the florida las antillas and and oh man i mean i I we must took a diarrhea a, poop all over that one. Yeah, I think I gave a I think I gave a five minute rant on how off brand a forty dollar Florida Las Antillas was on a ten dollar quote unquote budget cigar that's always performed for a very long time, and you've made something that's completely off brand in terms of flavor profile, completely off brand in terms of pricing. And it's not even a good cigar, in my opinion. And I said that as like, listen, I've been smoking Florida Las Antillas for a very long time because it's a very available cigar up in Canada. So it's one of those brands where you wouldn't think I've smoked a lot of Florida Las Antillas. I've smoked more Florida Las Antillas than the rest of all the My Father product combined. 
And I used to smoke LeBijou's like a, like a rager. So, you know, like Seth's saying, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Putting out, and, and it's hard, you know, like we're starting to get to the territory where it's like, listen, man, remember when Padron 1964s were considered kind of the Cadillac of like, Oh, Mr. Fancy Pants and his expensive 1964. And now we're leaving 1964s in the dust for pricing. And it's like, at that point, you start to go, do you think your cigar is better than a Padron 1964? Honestly? Honestly? I don't know. Price is that is where a, we're at? Yeah. And this bear, walked out of you halfway, of... Bear, bear walked out of you halfway through that question. He's like, listen, Malik Bradley, I got my 72 yeah. million. Shut it. I'm out. <laughs> I... No, the, but I'll say this to my father, and this is the only defense we had from it, is w- the review's not out yet. And I won't tell the scores. And I, and I don't think we were high on it. And I think, you know, I didn't even... I Let's put it this way. I looked at the, the sheet... And oh, oh, I didn't, right. I didn't right. see what I didn't, I, Aaron said these to us. I didn't even look at the price of it. I didn't, I didn't even think about it. Like, why would yeah. I go look at the, my father, Florida anniversary? Like, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more. And then when we're going to do these recaps, I'm like, wait a minute, this is $40. This thing was $40. There's people who spent $40 on this smoke. And it's just crazy, man. Yeah, so I, I won't get the scores away, but we were all within a half point of each other. So very consistent so score across. And it's not a it's not they're not necessarily bad scores, but uh for a forty dollar cigar, they're not on par, you know. So the value score is like not the value score of the year. Yeah. But it goes to show that while we were I was critical on it, my father has improved because I wasn't that mean on him. I really wasn't <laughs> too mean to him. <laughs> um I that Lebrigue was fantastic. Though. The yeah, Lebrigue yeah, was fantastic. Was that was sensational? That I, that was one of the that was one of the LEs that's on point for both delivering a flavor experience that's derivative of the original, but it evolves for a limited edition. Not that crazy for pricing, and you know they delivered what you should deliver for a limited experience. I think. Yeah. I'm, and you'll, you'll see in the video recap, I mentioned that they got the price sheets mixed up between the 1922 and the, the <laughs> Florida Fontius. Like they, they mix up the price. They roll, they rolled with it though. They rolled with it nicely. Yep. Uh, yep. Pricing comes up quite a bit for you guys now. I, I mean, as well as it should, because I think it's, it, it's really kind of getting out of hand in a lot of ways. I mean, there's, there's, there, there's a few standouts uh, and you guys even commented on on some of the recent, not the rare, the rare, which was Rainier Lorenzo's pricier cigar, but like his, like he's making a cigar out of his own factory. Uh, that's you know sub ten dollars, and like that's just not Get happening anymore. And it, that's and that's that's unheard of right now, and that's that's just crazy to me. Um, the prices Aladino, are going yeah, up. But- Aladino is like. Like every time we review an Aladino and Aaron's like, yeah, it's eight fifty. I'm like, what, 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 how's it, what? Just kidding. It's seven fifty. What? How yeah. is that possible? Great. Yeah, gl- perfect construction. Sorry. Yeah. I'm glad you're out of price there. I mean, we, we don't, 
<clears throat> factor the price into the review score. Like the score, the score is just judging the cigar as the cigar, right? The price doesn't factor in, but we do kind of do that value score in there. Um, like after the fact, just so that you get a sense of kind of how it stacks up against other cigars, because for the, for the majority of smokers price is a huge factor, right? Um, the, the people that smoke $40 cigars um, are a lot less than the people that smoke sub $10 cigars, right? Um, so I think people looking for where they can find value is pretty high. Um, and we wanted to be, we wanted to be able to kind of present that. And that was something that um, kind of came out of a conversation just off the cuff that I was having with Coop, you know, that we wanted, you know, that, that would be great if that you know somebody did that and we kind of implemented that into our system. So um yeah, we and then when we do the value list, you know, at the end of the year as well to kind of show you like what what cigars are the best bang for the buck. You know, not we're not just talking about cheap cigars. We're talking about there could be cigars that are $15 that score really high and they present present a ton of value because value can be found anywhere. Like if you over deliver what you charge, no matter what price point you're charging at, if you over deliver, then it's a worthwhile cigar. And those could be found in any price range. So, um, you know, I like that, uh, you know, on a site. So we wanted to kind of produce that so that people could see that. And if that's how they judge, if they, you know, if they want to find those gems that are at that $7, $8 price point, you know, we, we can show you what that looks like. And, you know, it's a, it gives you a gauge if you want to, if you want to go search those out. For the, um, for the, I mean, for the price on some of these cigars, like I think they're, I think they're fantastic. And then, but to your point, like I know that, like, a, like a lot of times, John and like Seth, he said he didn't even look at the price until the end, and John doesn't even know the price sometimes when you guys are even recording it. Um, it this does bring about a certain point that I think is, I think is really because you guys didn't always do it this way, but you made a very, very, I think, um, key decision years ago when you guys decided to go away from uh samples and, and go strictly almost a hundred percent if not a hundred percent to you you buy the cigars correct do you buy all of them yeah. is it is it a hundred percent now or no we're not a hundred percent we we still do we'll do samples from manufacturers but we're not going to take any samples from the trade shows or anything like that it would be something they sent to us after the fact after the cigar has been released things of that nature but um, I think we last year we were like seventy five percent purchase, twenty five percent samples, kind of a thing. And um, and you know, in in the in the vein of transparency, um, because one of the lingering questions has always been, well, you guys are scoring um, <laughs> site sponsors higher, or you're scoring um, free cigars higher. Uh, and so Aaron, you know, kind of has put that to rest every year. He's like, okay, if you believe that here are all the metrics at the end of the year on all the cigars reviewed based on who they're from, who are sponsors, who are not sponsors, what country they come from, who scored what, from what, from what country. And all the, all those metrics are readily available every single year. And we've been very open and very transparent about those numbers. So, you know, Every time somebody, it does come up, it still comes up, people, you know, chirp and, and that's a fair criticism, except we have the data to back up that, you know, there is absolutely seemingly no correlation whatsoever between whether it's a, a purchase cigar or whether it's a sampled cigar or whether it's a sponsor. Uh, in fact, I think in a lot of cases, sponsors are a little bit lower than 
sort of the the average, if anything. So why Villager dropped you, John? Or <laughs> no, I think they just they get, they get they get tired of me. They, they're like, y- 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 you like everything we put out. What is your problem? Um, uh, Mike doesn't know what he's in for, right? When he signed up, signed up for the studio. Oh no, no, Mike knew. <laughs> no, no one, no one. Uh, l- l- listen, when you become a soundbite on somebody else's podcast, there is no greater, you know uh ball busting than that and uh that's kind of again we you know go back to like is there ball busting in the industry i mean mike to this day every time i see him he's like uh hey uh i should give you a pastani to smoke but you're just gonna hate it so why bother um you know and that that's just the camaraderie of you know we can speak like that we can be open we can be honest we can be transparent and uh you know i appreciate that but I do want to smoke that new Pastania, uh Connecticut. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that too. So, um, wanted to uh, do a a little bit of a an exercise here before I give my final score on the cigar. Uh, so I called this this segment. It's called this or that. It's kind of like a rapid fire. Just give you guys the choice between two things, and uh, and y'all uh, y'all pick y'all pick. So. Let's uh, ready to go. Some are some are uh, cigar related, some are not. So let's start with some non-cigar related stuff. Uh, root beer or cl- or cream soda. Cream soda. Yeah, cream, cream soda. soda. Cream soda. So root beer float or ice cream sundae. Sunday. Root beer float. Uh yeah. Because uh, I know why that I know why this is I know why the three of you guys said the different thing. <laughs> but they said the different thing. Yeah, I know why. I can't I can't talk about it because we're out here. <laughs> all right, uh, all all Altidus or Altidus uh, cigars or STG cigars. No, Altidus. thank you. Altidus. Altidus. Okay, Altidus. What do you What did you say? Uh, Seth, I said all to this. Yeah, except for diesel, right? No, diesel, we, diesel falls under anything STG, from forged. No, I said STG. That's why I said STG, not forged, not general. So, no, uh, yeah, not general. forged, forged, forged falls under that. Okay, uh, I know you guys have tended both. Um, I know, June, you haven't been able to to make PCA in a couple years, but uh, PCA trade show or TPE? PCA. Not even, a, not even a contest. Not even a contest yet. I can't comment. I can only I've attended one PCA. Actually, I've never. Have I ever attended a PCA? Or have I attended? A, a no, PCBR? I don't think so, Seth. I think it was just. I think I've just. Been, I think yeah, I've no. never been to a PCA event. I, been yeah. to I think the last IPCPR is you and I both. Yeah, 20, I've only. Yeah, twenty eighteen. I want to say I've only done five letters. I've never gotten down to three yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, Otherwise, TP is better. Okay. No. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's just because it is. you can keep yourself warm. You can't cool yourself down. Yeah, man. It's, you, know. you can always cool yourself down. You just jump in the pool and then you get out at uh-huh. nighttime. Oh, man. No way to heat yourself yeah. up. It's cold. You start doing so that. You take, take some gummies from Hector and then you'll be out. <laughs> <laughs> give, a, give a speech or write a paper. Because you guys gotta do both. Give a speech. Speech. Okay. I'd rather talk. Speech. 
Speech all around. Okay. Uh, going back to your, your school days, honor roll or class clown? You're talking to the OG class clown right here. That's probably, I went, I was in between two of them, depending on the yeah, subject. Was, yeah, same. Aaron? Honor roll. Honor roll. All right. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Waffles. Don't just say it because I said it, June. Mean it. No. Like, waffles. I'm, like, commit I'm to the fucking waffle. I'm going to go with pancakes. Goddamn waffles. I'll go, I'll go pancakes as well because there's a way more variety in pancakes than waffles. Yeah. You guys can that's do exactly, uh, pancakes. Exactly I'll exactly Not that, that crunch to the, the waffles and. You're the not getting. You're you not get getting chocolate chip waffles, man. The problem, yeah. no, you're not. The problem is <laughs> you get a shitty pancake, man. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, but, really man, good pancake. No, I feel like waffles chicken and waffles wins, right? Chicken and waffles. Stroop, wins, stroop waffles. Yeah. Well, I don't want pancakes. No Damn it! <laughs> I feel like I feel like waffles. I really want some. Stage. Like, I really I will want eat some banana or chocolate pancakes now. That's what I'm talking about, man. I will eat an Eggo waffle. And I will eat like a like a freaking gourmet Belgian waffle. Like I don't care. Like I love waffles. Like pink I, actually, I've, been I've been watching. I've been watching House in DM when Wilson comes to live with him for like an episode. He like makes macadamia pancakes, and I was like, mm. I wonder if those are good. <laughs> you know they're good. They've got to be good. I'm like, if House <laughs> is downing them, they got to be super good. Or are we talking about weather in Vegas? Let's just talk about weather overall: rain or snow. Oh, oh, no. It's rain. Yeah, it's it's snow if you can visit it and leave, but yeah, that's right. It's rain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's rain. Rain. Anyone anyone who picks snow truly hasn't experienced snow. That's all I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah. By the way, it is actually really therapeutic to smoke a cigar while watching the rain come down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that what you do, June? Do you when it's raining? Do you just stay yeah. out watching it? <laughs> I just smoke watched cigar. the rain and I was like, yeah, and I just smoke an AJ and probably listen to Phil Collins too. Yeah, me too. Well, I thought he was going to listen to Toto, you know, a little rain down in Africa. <laughs> he might listen to some Toto. Speaking of, that's the worst song. Other than the hook, other than the hook, the lyrics are trash. I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, it's like it's just it, it was meant it was meant for a different different music. Like they had fit in these mm-hmm. how, how can you sing serengeti in a song like you get and make it into like seven syllables it's like it's, it's the keyboard it's the keyboards that really make that song yeah yeah exactly you got good music you got a good hook but like other than that the lyrics are trash it does get irritating well since aaron got all sentimental on us uh Let's talk about sentiment for last question here. Okay. Would you rather surprise your partner with rose petals strewn to the door from the door to the bedroom or greet them with, at the door with a bottle of champagne? Wait, rose petals I get for to, my rose wife. Petals. Rose, petals. Yeah. rose petals. It's your partner, man. It's June. I'm eating, I'm going to with champagne, man. No, I'm going with, <laughs> For I'm, me, going with I'm, like... I'm going with I'm going with champagne. I'm going with champagne either way. I don't need no rose petals getting up my butt. <laughs> wow. She's like, I really <laughs> wanna take these up your butt. <laughs> I uh I'm a diehard romantic. I've actually done the rose petals, so it's rose petals for me. 
Rose petals. Oh. There we go, John. Got it up your butt, huh? Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Fart smell good. Rolling around on the bed, guys. Come on, man. We've always we've always thought John <laughs> smelled really sweet. So yeah. John does smell nice. So, that's the gateway to his youth. That was up his ass. <laughs> All right. That was a just like a like I said, a little rapid fire this or that segment I like to do. It's been and it's been kind of fun. I've been changing it up and everything. So I uh, appreciate you guys participating in that. Um want to get into my DP score here. So Wrapped up the cigar uh, with my last third, and uh, I'm ready to go, uh, Aaron. So, all right. Um, uh, the uh, final third, uh, uh, it kind of immediately kind of changed on me from that from that nice uh, second third. Uh, it, it kind of uh, reminiscent of something I hear from you all the time, Aaron. It kind of developed a little bit of a char, and it just kind of didn't go away. Uh, unfortunately, I find this really indicative of, I don't know if how you guys feel about this, of Figurados, Bellicosos, uh, you know, cigars, you know, Perfectos, things with that tapered end. I feel like if if the draw isn't a little bit more open um, or just in general that they, if I smoke them too quickly, I feel like they get really, they kind of develop that bitterness late and there's just no recovering from it. I don't know if you guys have that experience. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which kind of yep. kind of stinks mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, that charges kind of, like I said, never really went away. The I had a couple of touch-ups in the final third, um, or actually a couple of relights in the final third, not really touching up. The oh. construction held pretty strong. So, um, so it kind of really went downhill. I would say, um, I, I would have to say at that point, like you know, with the flavor just kind of going completely off it, off put from the first and second third. And the smoking experience of having to relight it and everything, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to say subpar. That's the one below average, right? Yep. Yeah. So I have to say subpar. Unfortunately, it just it just did not finish well for me. Um, the uh, I think uh, if I had to go ahead and smoke the cigar uh, again, I I, I mean I, I think I know where I, would, I I would return to it, but just kind of smoke for the first two two thirds or slow down. And to see if that changes up the experience a little bit. So, um, overall on the cigar, I would say that um, I, w- I would, you know, you know, even with that last third, I mean, I, I would have to say that the two thirds kind of really, you know, made it an enjoyable experience. I, I, so I would have to put it, you know, good. Uh, mm-hmm. The burning construction overall. Um, God, burn, the, the, just focus on burn for one and draw on the other. Okay. So, and that uh, the relight plays into burn, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn it, man! That last third really sunk it. I guess it goes down to average because it was good, um, and then goes down to average. And so with that, with sub that subpar rating on the back end, and then the draw, I would say is is um, is average as well. So overall, Ooh, that's all right. Hurt it. That's you ready for a score? It. You ready for a score? Yeah, I'm scared, man. I, I don't know what I did, but <laughs> let's see what let's see what happened. I can you, I guess you first. It. You could guess, yeah. Okay. Um, man, I'm. Ooh, five man, seven. Five, already. five seven five. You're super close. Super close. Okay. It's five seven two. Five seven two. Okay. So you okay. went five. What did you go? You went good, good, good average good, flavors. Par. Good, 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 good subpar. Okay. 
Good, good subpar. And an he average. Might have, average he, might have been, he might have been a little generous on the uh, burn there with the average if he had multiple relights. Mm. Okay. Wow. Bear, do you, you do reviews for you Coop, do, you right? On no, Coop's website? No, I don't do. I, I was uh, for a time. I haven't. I haven't some time. I was doing reviews for Dojo. Oh, and was you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't done one in Five. a while. So. Oh, 5.72. So bear like that. That is legitimately like an average. The average score that I would expect over time for you to say like this is pretty typical of stuff I've smoked. So like that's mm-hmm. dead. That should be dead on of like, you know. So high high fives, low sixes. You know. Yep. So something like that. Yep. And so then, in that and, range. And that, that you know that's where we that's where we in like all of us kind of end up in that range. Kind of like that high, those high fives, low sixes, kind of for the. For all the reviews, the hundred reviews that we do over the course of a year, that's kind of the, the range. And then okay. Aaron Aaron asks a pointed question, which I think you know mm-hmm. would be good to ask you, Bear. How does five seven two match up with your experience? Well, I, I mean, I think it obviously the the last third really hurt it. I mean, it would probably be you know if I'm if again if I'm I would go back to it just because I thought the second third was incredibly good. Um, and I, I probably I probably was a little a little hard on it, but. I mean, I would definitely go back to just to smoke those first two thirds again to see if I could get a different experience on the draw to see if I slowed it down. Would it become as much as bitter in the end? And if I could make it, a, you know, it, it could be easier air too. Like you if, know, if, a little bit. If, if, if you and I'm not trying to be an apologist here. Def- but- no, if you cut the cigar differently, would have been a different experience. It's like, you know, if you cut a little bit more off, would have helped. So th- this know, is oh, here we go order. with that conversation again. So that brings it. So that brings it up, <laughs> yeah. John. You you V cut everything. I I straight cut everything. Everything. And you V cut everything. Does anyone else? Yeah, I've been V cut. No, we're Americans. I mean, rec- <laughs> rec- recreationally, I I'll, recreationally, I'll V cut, but I don't even know where my V cutter is right now. So for shame. For shame. So I think Jay for a while, a good, John Jay got asked me. a good question in the comments. John got me there. What do you um, ask? Yeah. So on my hundred point scale, yeah, I'd probably yeah, he he nailed it pretty good. I'd probably be at an eighty-eight with it. Okay. Eighty-eight. Okay. Yeah. That I mean, the last third just really, just really took it for me. I mean, I you know, with that second third, I would probably, you know, I would say that was probably probably hitting about that eighty-nine ninety, but that yeah. that last end could I mean it could be a, probably maybe even an eighty-seven. I, I'm really I'm I'm really excited to smoke it again because I want to see if again with I, I find this experience and it quite often with the way I smoke tapered cigars it just um, they don't end well yeah they just don't end well for me it it's why like like um, I don't like any Davidoffs that are pyramids trumpetas torpedoes. All of them. Like they have a pretty, they have a pretty, they have a really pointed. I mean, it's a very tapered Pyramide and Bellicosa that Davidoff does. So it really takes a lot out of the cigar. Mm. It's like Perdomo. Perdomo is the same way. I feel like I I've smoked Perdomo torpedoes, and I I I actually I actually enjoy those. Um, I find them a little bit more enjoyable towards the end. But like the Davidoff, the 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 Yamasa, the Yamasa, the I love yeah. that blend. Uh, I can't stand it in the the, the torpedo. Hmm. It, you gotta it, smoke that in the Petit Churchill. I love that. Yeah, I love it in the Petit Churchill. It's fantastic. Um, the Davidoff Millennium, 
Um, yeah. In the torpedo. Uh, I don't like it either. I it's just, been a while since I've smoked a millennium. The torpedoes are never were never crazy about. I always thought like the um, millennium. I don't know if they did a double robusto or it was just robusto. Um, but millennium was another blend that w- went downhill for a little while. I thought I haven't smoked those in a while. I know they have a new one. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I um, I wondered where I'd be. I wondered I'd be, if I'd be in the like if I enjoyed it, if I'd be in the sixes. I didn't think I would I would be in like the sevens or anything unless it was just like like fucking mind blowing. Um, you know I th- I've been listening to y'all long enough to where like I I didn't think I'd float an eight or a seven out there. I thought probably thought my experience would be somewhere in like the low sixes maybe, and if it was like a poor experience like low fives or something. Just, just it's hard just, to get in the nines, man. It doesn't matter how hard I try to really just be a fanboy on some diesel stuff. I still, <laughs> I still struggle down there in the five somehow. It's just well, I saw Justin's comment. If you didn't have to look at Aaron while smoking, it would have been a much more enjoyable experience. Yeah, what a yeah, damn, what a, what a what a comment right Whoa. there. What a class <laughs> act, gentleman. Oh man, <laughs> unbelievable. Says, Classy you know, southern boys, fucking professionalism among these people. <laughs> Talking about those nines, you know, everyone can't release a La Cepcion Italia Regional 2011. They just, right. you know, there's only no. a certain amount out there, and once they're gone, they're gone. It's listen, I, I, I had my Edmundo Dante, so Conde 109. I should have retired mm-hmm. after that moment. Yeah, that should have been it. Reached the high watermark. Uh, that I just grabbed an edge 20th anniversary. <laughs> just kept going. <laughs> I, I really, I really think, I thank you guys for letting me do this. I really enjoyed the experience. I thought, you know, um, cause I always thought I was wondered where like my smoking experience on like on, on any cigar would kind of fall on the, on a developing palette scale. So that's, that's really cool. So thank, thank you guys for letting me do this with y'all. I appreciate yeah, that. Fun. Um, just got a couple more questions to wrap up our evening, of course. And that uh, is our couple of our last minute, our last, uh, Final segments here, and our uh, this last one, uh, second to last one rather, is sponsored by Asylum Cigars. Uh, refuge is more than just a physical place; it can be a state of mind. And some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars, the number nine cigar of the year on the Developing Palettes Top Twenty Five. Light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So, uh, guys, this segment is about. Um, that moment where it's just you and the cigar and, and Jay actually asked a question earlier. So I think I answered for Aaron cause I've heard him say it and Aaron, and I apologize if I put words in your mouth, but um, he mentioned how Charlie uh, Monado of Halffield talks about how he doesn't really have time to really enjoy cigars because he's usually just doing it for review. And Aaron, I've heard you say something similar. So my question is like uh, for this particular segment is like, like when do you enjoy like, cigars on your own like do you do it alone is it more part of a community because this is very community driven and this isn't normally what this question is surrounded by but i thought it would be a really great time to kind of frame this question this way so where do you typically enjoy cigars uh, when you're not doing it for a review and you know how does that experience usually go for you um for me uh it's usually in a group setting um june and i will usually together some with some local buddies and kind of make it a make it a day kind of hang out and smoke and talk and drink and things like that just to kind of shoot the shit and smoke through some stuff and you know we'll do some exchanges and things like that 
Uh, or it'll be kind of when we get together at trade shows and things like that, where we're, we're all hanging out um, at the media compound or with the, you know, the manufacturers on the trade show floor or whatever it is. Like the, that, those are the times I usually get um, to just sit back and enjoy something. Usually at home, I'm smoking for reviews. Um, so I, 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 en- I actually enjoy that because that's just be- me by myself kind of focus on the cigar. So even though I may not give the greatest of scores uh, to a lot of the reviews, um, it's enjoyable time because it's, it's focused time for me. I, I just get to sit back with the cigar. So I, I do enjoy that time. So, um, you know, scores may not reflect it, but that that's enjoyable time for me. John, what about you? Largely the same answer. Um, the majority of my cigars for, for just enjoyment is going to be in a group setting, either, a you know, local hearth here. Uh, occasionally I try to take a break. If I know there's a Jets game on, I don't want to spoil a review by, you know, tainting it with that negativity. So that'll, that'll be when I'll light up something good and at least something salvageable from that experience. Um, but you know, like tonight was a great experience for me because I got to light up a couple cigars that I haven't smoked in a while, uh, and just kind of enjoy the experience and enjoy the company and not, you know, part of it is, and I, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but sitting down and doing a review requires an, a lot of concentration. Like you really have to be focused on the experience and it is hard work. It is hard work to do it fairly and to give it an, an honest uh, engagement. And that's, it is work. Um, and then, you know, you have to turn that into a written, written review as well. So uh, it's nice to take a break every once in a while. The, the PCA, the trade shows have really become for me, like Aaron said, you know, meeting people that I've met in the industry, friendships we've made and being able to enjoy a cigar and, and again, talk and relax and just kind of reminisce and, and enjoy the experience and not necessarily focus on the cigar so much. So I, I, I you know, I'm John, I apologize about that. We talked about it in the green room and we didn't talk about it online. What did, what did, what two cigars is your light up tonight? Uh, the first one was uh, La Polina Goldie, the OG Goldie. Well, not the OG, the second release Goldie, but um, that's that's old now. Uh, I just wanted to see how it performed, uh, and it was <laughs> it was brilliant. I was like, yeah, this is why certain cigars are standouts because it's. I mean, it's been sitting in my humidor forever, and it's still brilliant. And then uh, second cigar, because I, I knew you know I knew I'd go through two cigars tonight. I lit up a Tatuaje tattoo that's got a lot of age on it, and it's still, you know, Pete's still got it. Um, still a great cigar. Tattoos, man. Tattoos, I, uh, here's here was my guess. So I wanted to ask this question. And this is a good time to, as any to ask it too. Who smokes the most cigars out of the four of y'all? I, I'm, my guess is either it's 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 either Seth or John. It's probably me or John. I don't think that's true, actually. I think, I think it's. I think it might be Aaron. Yeah. Aaron smokes the most cigars. I mean, I smoke like, average week. In the average week, I'll smoke three to four cigars. Oh, so. okay. Well, then, then maybe it is me because, yeah, I'm probably smoking six or seven cigars on average per week. Yeah, I'm probably up there. Sometimes, yeah, maybe a little bit more. Sometimes, depending. Yeah, depending. The last two years that my smoking's too, gone I down. Think. Like Bye. my smoking's gone down. My smoking's like fluctuated. I think that there's been times where it's been it's been higher and then there's been times where it's it's lower. I think earlier on during the pandemic it was high and then oh, yeah. it kind of went and then it went back down a little bit. Um I'd say, you know, springtime and summertime is it's usually 
it's pretty high. Like when I go to the beach, like if I go to the beach during the summertime, I'll smoke like, man, I don't know, five, six cigars a day. I mean, that's just knocking them out. Yeah. So for me, but the- I, yeah, this okay. July with PCA and then I, you know, also going to the beach, it'll be, I'll smoke so many cigars in July. I'll have to take a break of the first part of August. For me, the, um, the, the lounge is a, uh, like an utter complete game changer for me because prior to that, um, you know, between really October and April, uh, I mean, I'd be, I would have been lucky to get in two cigars a week because it was all weather contingent, which never cooperated, uh, you know, both snow and cold. So, now I'm to the point where I want a cigar, either review or otherwise I can light up at any point during the day or any point in the evening. And that's been a complete and total game changer for me. So um, my smoking has definitely gone up. Um, I think Jude, you were asking me why my smoking has gone down. Um, mm-hmm. Last year uh, I had a lot of, had a lot of health issues. I had double pneumonia for like two months. So, well, not, I didn't have it for the entire two oh, months, but two- I had double I had double pneumonia, oh. so I I didn't smoke for two months. It was nuts. Oh wow! So, you uh felt recovered, fully recovered, and all that. Um, I don't. In a lot of ways, I feel like I I I, I just haven't. Um, I, you know, so I I haven't been I haven't been smoking as much since then. Um, mm. like this, I light up my second cigar. This is my mm. second cigar of the day. I usually um, when I was at um. Uh, when COVID first started and so I was smoking at home more, I was, I was back, I was probably at four a day. Um, you know, are you still working at that shop? Like, no, uh, no, no, not anymore. So yeah, when I worked at cigar shops, my shift, I would smoke like five or six during a shift. Mm. So that's uh, a nice, that's a good day, but you know, but, um, Uh, but no, I haven't, uh, no, I, I, I probably average probably about two cigars a day now. A little mm. maybe like this past week I've you know I've been uh been under the weather a little bit, so I didn't really smoke that much this week. Mm. So I feel yeah. like two cigars a day is that perfect. because um, for me after probably two cigars, my palate fatigue hits big time and I start tasting weight less. So Yeah, I've gotten to that point for sure, which stinks. No. So we talked about your moment earlier, June. It was, you know, lighting up an AJ cigar and in, in, in the rain. So that's that was your <laughs> that was your moment, right? No, seriously, when do you when do you, when do you enjoy cigars? Uh, unlike some of these guys, I I don't like. Um, I don't I I enjoy cigars by myself, like in terms of like focusing on the flavors and just truly enjoying the cigar and the flavors of it. It has to be by myself because I get so distracted when I'm with others. Uh, oftentimes, I forget about the cigar and I'll just, you know, chat and and especially like when Aaron and I hang out, you know, um, you know, we'll taste the different spirits. And once you do that, you really alter your taste buds. Um, so, but yeah, uh, but kind of, you know, I, uh, I guess kind of like what Aaron said lately. Uh, uh, all I have time to do is cigar reviews. Um, so. We try to stay on a schedule and essentially cigar do two cigar submission review submissions a week, so two reviews a week. Uh, so that's kind of my, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Two two cigars a week. 
I wish I could do more, but I, uh, I have a, uh, uh, I had a, uh, well, I had a kid, kid about six Sold months ago. So go. we just like, yeah. So it's all like completely different now, everything and taking care of her and schedules and all that stuff. is completely very, very different <laughs> life. So he doesn't so want to talk about the, having a kid on this. Yeah. So what's the one flavor note in a cigar that just absolutely kills it for you? Is, I made the joke. I, that's why your name is is give me all the cardboard flavor notes because I've heard you talk about how cardboard just and paper just kind of like that kills that, it for me. Just, yeah, allure. Yeah, it's put a little yeah. tobacco in there. Yeah, so yeah. allure. Yeah, allure two thousand two <laughs> is a terrible tobacco to use in a cigar. <laughs> um, no, car. You know, I, I don't. It's puck your fud, but like, I really don't like like burning paper kind of flavor note or like a cardboard kind of flavor note. Um, I, I find it in a decent amount of Dominican tobacco, uh, aside from Davidoff. Um, but yeah, um, I really dislike that. note. I, I feel like that's one of those notes in which I, I dislike it so much because it overpowers so much of the other parts of the cigar. Um, that's why I don't like it. I, I, I've heard you use this term before Eastern medicine. And uh, uh, oh, that's sad because he claims to know about culture and uh, other Eastern things. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I drastically want to know what that what that flavor is, just because I've heard you you guys mentioned what it a couple times. Eastern Eastern medicine. Yeah, when that flavor oh, comes um, out. Oh yeah, I did talk about that in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, man. How do I even describe this? I yeah. I I mean I'm. Like you said, the, I've heard you like try to describe it, and you can't. You're just like, this is what it is, and yeah, I'm like, it's like I drastically want to know holistic. What that- uh, yeah, it's like holistic medication, right? Uh, where you essentially reduce down a mixture of different kinds of tree barks and lots of uh, <laughs> and, uh, find yourself some ox penis. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it could be like different animal parts too. Um, where you basically keep on stewing it and reduce it, and it's supposed to be healing for blah blah blah. Uh, whatever ailments you have, it stinks. Like, um, God, how do I even equate to that? How do I make this like at a? Uh, you gotta walk into. I know it's hard for you because like really you, it's come up a couple of times and you can't really describe it. And then like I'm trying to you can. figure you, out what you're you getting. You really at. have to like be there. Yeah, you have to go to like one of those Eastern medicine shops. Um, and if you don't have access to like a Chinatown or, you know, somewhere where like Eastern medicine is really highly thought of, perhaps somewhere in like some places in Hawaii as well. Um, you know, you really don't know what that smell was like, but it doesn't smell good. It makes you want to gag. Well, if Nor does wanna, it smell good. If you guys want to know what uh, Seth's, uh, non-preferred flavor note it's uh it's smoke the edge 20th and that you'll get it so that's that's what that is uh <laughs> but uh is it is it ammonia seth what's the what's the flavor note that just kills it for you yeah ammonia you know when you get ammonia i think sometimes when you get towards the end when you get like this harsh mineral earth pepper towards the end it just gets to be this you're like i'm done i've had enough um that's one of those that's, you know, any Indonesian, you know, anytime you're putting an Indonesian tobacco on there, it's probably, you're going to produce a flavor profile that I'm like, fuck this shit. I can't smoke it. 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> that that little mineral, peppery, earthy quality, um, kind of metallic. It, it, it seemed it was more common last year, I, I, especially out of like Nick Rogman hunger and stuff. But I, I don't see it. I don't know. I haven't come across it as much this year thus far. But well, that's good. we'll see. Aaron, so uh, what's that flavor note in AJ cigars? So just kidding. What uh, what's the o- over? No, overwhelming, not kidding. Actually, overwhelming earth. Um, I mean, I'm okay with earthiness in a cigar. It's, that's fine. But when that's kind of like the driver, or when it's like just up there at the top of what's being delivered, um, it's just not. It kind of just overpowers everything for me, and it just feels like a, you know, like I got a mouthful of dirt, and it's just not an appealing component. Um, and I've been, I, I feel like I've been getting that a lot more lately. So I don't know if that's just the status of tobacco, you know, a fair amount of tobacco that's out there, but, um, you know, I'll get, you know, I'm fine with that. Like to the first third when it's not, uh, you know, a driving factor in it, but, uh, when that starts building up kind of in the second third and then overwhelming in the final third, it's just, it's just not a good time. John. That kind of stole my thunder a little bit. Um, so if you combine gritty earth with uh, wet asphalt, the wet asphalt minerality or wet um, shale minerality, that combination is just totally. Did you say wet shale? Is that what you said? Shale. Yeah, wet shale. shale. So sh- wet shale what is, is that? A, just wet rocks. Shale is a type like, of rock. So it's, oh. different, it's different than granite, but shale really gives off. Like when I think of minerality, wet shale or wet asphalt, that is minerality. Oh. Like that smell, like. If if you ever gone by wet uh, fresh asphalt uh, after it's dried and it rains, you can't you can't get that smell and flavor out of your nostrils and out of your olfactory. Like it's it's with you, and you combine that with gritty earth, and it's just like oh man, we are going to bad town right now, and uh, it's tough to recover from that. Usually, uh, you know, usually if you get that, it's it's pretty tough to recover from. All right. Well, this will bring up our last segment of the night, guys. And I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me for a couple hours here, more than a couple hours. Uh, it's been fantastic uh, chatting with you guys. Like, like I said, this has uh, been a show I wanted to do for quite some time. So I'm so glad it worked out for everybody's schedules. And again, thank you so much for for taking time out of your day. I know Sunday night is, is family time for everybody. Everyone's got to work tomorrow. Uh, believe it or not, to everybody else, uh, uh, most of us do not do this uh entirely for a living we actually have day jobs and families so guys it means a lot to me so thank you so much um but i wanted to bring in some uh now i I confess i did some research but i'm not sure it's the highest scores but i thought this would this was kind of interesting so this is part of our dunbar tobacco and trust curveball segment so fastballs or curveballs doesn't matter since the company's inception steve sock has been knocking out of the park count them up eight consecutive years in the consensus top three Congratulations to our good friend, Steve Saka. This year's consensus did not include developing pallets, but that's okay. You guys count in my heart and that's all that matters. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So um, what would, t- would you take the cigar that I'm about to name for each of you, or would you pass to the most recent cigar that you loved? This kind of came up earlier when Aaron was talking about like when your cigar reviewing days are done and you look back and say, okay, that was my highest rated cigar. So that's my 10, right? Um, so 
and things change over time. So would you rather take the cigar I'm about to name for each of y'all or the most recent cigar that you enjoyed the most? So just kind of keep that in mind. Look back at your most recent history. I All these cigars are pretty old for y'all uh, as far as your highest rated ones. And so um, just think back to the cigar that you enjoyed most recently and uh, see if, how it lines up. So uh, Aaron, we'll start things with you. Uh, goes boy, all the way back to 2016. Uh, the See? Crux Crux Limitada <laughs> show exclusive 2016 8.2 mm. is that correct? I think that's your highest. Is that is that right? Yeah, or? you're right. Yeah, okay. Um, would you rather have that cigar or the most recent one that you enjoyed? I'd rather have that cigar for sure. Okay, what was it Easy. about that? I mean, I know it's been years, um, and it's really kind of hard to 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 build on that but like what what did what was this do you remember about that experience being so enjoyable um it just delivered fantastic flavor kind of throughout the cigar i mean obviously the last third is typically going to be a fall off from the rest of the cigar as most cigars i think are for people but um it was just very different from everything else that was kind of out around that time um and you know they had that that line has continued on, but it hasn't delivered the way that that first release did. Um, and I mean, Crux was putting out bangers kind of right out the gate um, when they started. And that was just the top, that was just the top tier for them um, at that point. Um, and it just, it just really hit well for me. Um, I just enjoyed it so much. And um, I still have some of those. I go back to them every once in a while um, and they continue to deliver. So it's just, it's just one of those, you know, top-notch things that you kind of go back to. And I think June has kind of gone back to those time to time as well, because it was just such, such a great cigar at the time. Yeah. He rated it pretty high too. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So uh, June, we'll go to you. If, uh, if this is the one that I found uh, the uh, warped Maestro del Tempo uh, 610, oh. uh, uh, six, six, uh, six, 610R uh, 9.0. It was a nine. It was a nine Oof. for you. 6102R, I think. Yeah. No. Uh no, that was fantastic. That was the uh that was the basically epitome of why I loved like Agonorsa Corojo. <laughs> so um I think those only came in like a chest of fifty. And uh I regret not buying a chest of fifty. Yeah, those were chest of fifties. So you'd go yeah. back to that one rather than the the most cigar the most recent cigar you enjoyed. Yeah, honestly, Bear, none of us are going to say the, the latest cigar we, we, we enjoy because we haven't really truly enjoyed any of them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like these are, I mean, these are some pretty high scores. I mean, like John, for instance, John, your your yours was the Davidoff Diademus uh, Phoenix Limited Edition 50th Anniversary 8.23. Your highest cigar last the last two years uh, barely broke seven. So I think that's uh, a yeah. you know pretty telling. It's very telling. What what was it about this particular Davidoff and this you know this particular cigar that you that you enjoyed so much uh, compared to like more recent cigars that you've smoked? Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because it's it's an unusual format. So normally in a large cigar like that, that is not the type of cigar I would enjoy because uh, it's really tough to blend a cigar that size in a diadema. Uh, it's doubly so because you know usually you're going to lose. 
it's going to lose steam by about the halfway point. Like you're basically going to become monotonous or you, you, you have repetitive flavors and it's going to become very linear for the, for the last half, or it's going to be linear from the very start because there's a lot of tobacco and it's a big cigar and Davidoff managed to pull off everything. They pulled off nuance. They pulled off more full bodied flavors without overpowering the nuance. And it continued to, to evolve and deliver all the way through and it and it, just in the diadema shape alone i don't even i can't even think off the top of my head another diadema that performed that well so to combine kind of all of those things that was very truly a unicorn of cigars in that to pull off that flavor profile in that format was something that they may, may never be able to do again it was just one of a kind and i would say this this sort of second of that which I kind of alluded to earlier was the uh, last of the uh, Cuban release. It was the last uh 2011 regional, which I never reviewed. Um, but that's probably a nine point cigar, 9.1, 9.2 for me. That's, that's probably one of the best cigars I've ever smoked in my life. And uh, either that, either that uh, Davidoff that, that, yeah. Would I rather smoke that than something I recently enjoyed? Yeah. It would, it wouldn't even be close. It wouldn't even be a hesitation if I could get them, but I can't. I'm going to say Seth's cigar here in a second. So it was no surprising to me what Seth's top cigar. I was surprised that yours was a Davidoff when I was pulling up some of this information, just because I find that your palate, uh, you, you tend towards to, I mean, I, I think you appreciate a lot of different types of cigars just like me, but I, I feel like you, you prefer, you know, stronger, heavier stuff. And, you know, uh, I think it just goes to show you when a cigar delivers with flavor, it obviously captures your attention no matter what. Is that, I mean, is that, is that a fair assumption even though i was wrong about what i thought was going to be at the top for you well i mean flavors the flavors the thing for me what's the top one no that question was for john i'm going to bring yours up here in just a second because i know oh, that john was... john john likes stronger things so that's why i was i was kind of shocked that a davidoff was the top so, for john so i get that a lot um <clears throat> it's funny because what june gets a lot is that he doesn't like strong cigars and what i get a lot is i only like strong cigars and it's funny to me because those two things couldn't be further from the truth. So it makes me laugh because I enjoy a, like one of the things in uh, June was kind of talking about this. One of the things that was so great about the sort of height of Agonorsa releases, especially with like warped is that the, it was so subtle. It was so, um, it was so light compared to a lot of the other cigars that were available at the time, but the, but the depth of flavor was just phenomenal. Like, you know, like, <clears throat> do I enjoy full-bodied cigars? Absolutely. But I, like whiskey, I smoke the entire range and I really, really enjoy when you can get a, a lighter cigar with tons of complexity. Um, you know, I, I smoked, I smoked the range. I smoked the entire range. Okay. I love you mentioned the word unicorn a second ago. So let's bring up the, the last tunicorn. That's what I named him. Uh, the big tuna here, Seth. Why don't you cap us off here? Uh, I I had you and June probably the closest. I picked a, a, an Illusioni for June before I looked up the information. I wasn't too far off with Warped. Um, and I knew you. Uh, New Year's had to be a Davidoff. The Davidoff, the Master Selection, 2013, 9.55. I mean, that's that's as damn close to perfection as possible on the DP scale. So, I mean, does that uh, in the spirit of in the spirit of debelling palettes? How's that line up with your experience? Well, I remember, 
I'm trying to remember the, all the master ones, but if it's the one, if this was the one that had the Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper on it, um, it was pretty remarkable, I thought. And I can't remember if it was or not. I don't know if you have the information in front of you. Um, but it's just, I think when Davidoff makes something really special, they make something really flavorful. It's balanced. There's complexity. It's just throughout the entire cigar, there's body and strength to match it. So they just make a beautiful stick. Do you think... It's Ecuador uh, and Habano. It's Ecuador and Habano? Yeah. yeah. Aaron had pulled up faster than I did. Um, which, which you're usually pretty hard on. But it is. What's the binder yeah. on it? Uh, Nicaraguan. It's, it's yeah. just a list of Nicaraguan, yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, I'd smoke it again. 9.55. I'm glad. <laughs> They're glad to hear that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we were talking about, we were talking a little bit about Illusiona earlier and how that's changed. I think the the same could be said for Davidoff too. And I know, I know that they've, they've been really kind of hit your palate over the years. Seth, I mean, what have you noticed about Davidoff and like, do you think that there's, they're like on the way, they have the opportunity to come back. Do you think they're going down a bad road? Do you think this is just a minor blip on, you know, the I radar? Know. I, you know, I know for a while that they, it seemed like they were just focusing more on limited editions and they were focusing on producing these cigars, which are more of a traditional Dominican Davidoff profile but and i know at the same time it seems like they're really trying to push on push back and make people remember about you know some of the older the nicaragua and the yamas and so forth and they're trying to resurrect millennium um but you know it's again there's a lot of critical people that have left the company um you know i know hamlet's still running operations in the dr but you know it just you start losing people here and there and individuals who are helping in other aspects of the well, it's going to have an impact on, on the company. Yeah. It kind of has to, I think, especially I mean, we talked about one person at Agonorsa. I mean, there's been multiple people at Davidoff. I mean, that's going to, that's going to change. Yeah. That's, part of it. And it's, it's multiple people like throughout so many different areas. Um, that has a huge impact. Oh, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Again, uh, all your time tonight. I know it's a, a good one lecture long. I think you guys were expecting it. My reputation does precede me. So I do appreciate uh, all the time that you guys gave me tonight. So appreciate our audience as well for staying up late with us as always. Um, for all of you uh, tuning in, uh, keep those likes, shares, and comments coming. Uh, you can also check out our YouTube channel, LS Fumar. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can also uh listen to us later on podcasts where you would listen to podcasts with that beyond apple podcast google play spotify podbean or wherever you listen to podcasts be sure you hit the download subscribe and review buttons if you are a subscriber do me a favor hit unsubscribe but don't forget to hit resubscribe because that helps my numbers and then allows me to keep getting great guests like these uh, outstanding gentlemen that i've had tonight so uh, without further ado that puts a cap on tonight's uh, show our 248th take our 249th take will be next week on the road to 250 we've got a very special guest uh for that milestone you can check out our l osfumar facebook page to find out who that will be here in just a couple weeks and uh, really exciting stuff to come so uh without further ado i really do appreciate it once again for 
Aaron Loomis, June Liu, Seth Geis, and John McTavish of Developing Palettes. Check them out at developingpalettes.com. Most binge-worthy content in the Scar Media. I am going to say it one more time and beat that dead horse for Aaron Loomis one more time. So without further ado, we're going to bid you adieu from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Ansel, Texas. I'm Bear Bear Duplicity. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time.